0: And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Monday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street. My name is JJ Jackson. On the program with me today, I've got Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry, as it is officially game week for the Auburn Tigers. They will play football at the end of the week, and we've got a lot to discuss here on the Monday edition of the program. Coming up, we'll have our birthdays in sports. Brian Harson has his first game week press conference of the year. We're going to do our best to tap in live to let you hear from the head football coach, who's got a pretty big public announcement to make at that quarterback spot. On behalf of the Auburn Tigers, we'll chat with Chuck Culpepper, of the Washington Post at 4 o'clock on today's program about the FedEx Cup championship and also about the AP Top 25 that's out and here for the upcoming college football season. Chuck Culpepper joins our show a little bit later. We've got Best and Worst of the Weekend and a Nightly TV Guide. So we're loaded. Wall-to-wall coverage here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. We hope that everyone had an amazing weekend and we're excited to chat with you here on today's show. A new change to Auburn football here in the year 2022 is that these game week press conferences are taking place on Mondays at 3.30 for seven seasons that Gus Malzahn was here on the Plains. Those press conferences were at 11.15 a.m. on Tuesdays. We were always able to react to them. Last year, Brian Harson held his game week press conferences at 1.30, so before our show got started. But this year, every single Monday, coach harson is going to be going live at 3 30 so that's going to be a different dynamic in the life of the program so we'll get you set for a lot of fun coming up here on auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show again jj tom brant and cam inside the studio tom Peavy, how are you
2: oh man doing great and yeah it's game weekend game day weekend and uh ready for the mercer bears to roll in here uh yeah i mean you can definitely feel the excitement building even though uh i mean this is a a cupcake game to start it off but I think that's what Auburn needs. Yeah. They, they need a cupcake game to kind of get their feet going, especially with uh, yeah, the quarterback situation. Obviously, it, it appears T.J. Finley is going to be the guy. and uh, So, yeah, I mean, a game to kind of get things going. So, looking forward to that. Uh, weekend-wise, uh, good weekend. A uh, lot of sports stuff going on. Braves kind of disappointing the last two yeah. nights. Uh, NASCAR, incredible, even though it got rained out. Uh, they They went Monday and – just like we talked about uh, on the show with uh, uh, with Steve Letart that uh, it was going to get intense. There's going to be some, th- sure there yeah, there are going to be some things going on, and a lot of guys taking some chances and some risks to try to get in those playoff spots. And of course, Mother Nature ended up being the uh, the big deciding factor there, with the uh, the one little rain shower over that one part of the track causes yeah. just an, in- a,
3: an incredible. I saw that
2: video chain video reaction Rick.
3: Yeah, I saw that video, and I had a fantasy draft order riding on that race. All right, I just, I'm the commissioner of my league. So I picked the top 12 odds with the racers. And then we went with that. And so of course, like half of the racers couldn't finish. Yeah. And so that was kind of unfortunate. Um, so, but it's it fun. Was, yeah, it was definitely it, that kind of got me interested in the race. So it, there was a guy uh, that bet a
2: parlay on that and it was a $13 bet and he won $999,000 off oh. of it because he hit, he hit like a, however many racers in the top 10 he he hit. The so majority. many of the
1: top drivers had been knocked out and then he right. had some, some back what? markers but, that but were his, able to yeah, play really well yesterday.
2: He, he had parlayed a top 10. And I think all of those drivers made the top ten in what? some some form or fashion. And uh, wow. so he he turned a thirteen dollar bet into nine hundred ninety nine thousand dollars.
1: Why can't I have that kind of <laughs> pretty remarkable, <laughs> pretty remarkable stuff? Brent, how are you? I'm doing
4: great, man. Uh, happy to be here. And you're right; it's it's the week of football. We've we've done a lot of projecting. We've done a lot of talking about it, hearing about it. Uh, this guy said this. We've seen this at practice. We're ready to just play the day, the the, the dead gum games, man. I I, I can't I I couldn't be any more excited for for the fact that it's just game week, man. Mercer's coming in, um, kind of a hometown team for me. I grew up about thirty minutes south of the city that Mercer's in, so uh, you know big big hometown vibes for the Mercer Bears. But yeah, I, I'm gonna be in that stadium Saturday. I'm gonna be cheering for Auburn, and it's 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 about freaking time, you know. And that's really all I have to say about it. Is mm-hmm. I'm excited to get football played.
1: Football is here. We'll have some results at the end of the week. We saw football played this past weekend. Week zero of the college football season uh, came and went, and uh, we were able to react to some of those games now that that has taken place, and quarterback is obviously the big news for this Auburn football team. Cam Barry, how are you?
3: Doing well. Would have been better, um, like Tom had kind of mentioned, if the Braves had uh, done better against the series against the cardinals tough weekend yeah tough weekend you can't win them all though so uh just got to move forward and we've got 33 games left so uh let's keep it rocking um but yeah i'm just uh, overall good relaxing weekend super excited for the for for this weekend uh for well next weekend for this auburn game man i'm gonna be in there ready to cheer on the auburn tigers i'm crazy excited um Ready to see what T.J. Finley can do, see if he can uh, hold hold down the, the starting spot. He's been named the starter, but now we want to see if he can really own it. And, uh, you know, they, they said that he has command of the offense, and, and so let's see it.
1: Again, reports coming out yesterday that Auburn football would have T.J. Finley be the starting quarterback. Uh, and then later in the evening, Auburn football, on their official social media accounts, posted a graphic, QB1. Highlighting yep. T.J. Finley, who also dons jersey number one, uh, as he will be the guy to go for the Tigers against Mercer. However, Brian Harson has not talked specifically about T.J. Finley as his starting quarterback. He's set to do that in about 15 minutes when his first game week press conference of the 2022 season takes place, and we're going to listen to that right here on the program. Tom?
2: Yeah, so uh, and the thing is, once the— the T J. The word of uh, T J. Finley kind of spread and through. That's also like so stupid. I, and I think John Schmier Shanker said that today that they didn't even know about it until they saw it on social media. Oh, really? Yeah, that that's yeah. just wrong. I, Chris Lowe, I think it was, was the first to to post that, and uh, and then it kind of spread from there. And so, Good. uh, yeah, somebody dropped the ball there with it getting out to the media before the players actually knew. So that's unfortunate, but. The big thing is uh, you know, for the Auburn fans, there was already going to be a lot of gnashing of teeth over whoever got the job because there's people that have been fully in the Calzada camp from day one. There's people that are in the Robbie Ashford camp. There's people in the T.J. Finley camp. So not everybody's going to be 100% happy. But here's the simple deal. T.J. Finley is going to be your starting quarterback. I don't care who you were hoping the starting quarterback was going to be and who your favorite player was. Simple fact is T.J. Finley is going to get the start. Yep, You better back him cheer up. For him and cheer better, for him. You to better win. back him yep. up. Mm-hmm. Do not be hoping that he fails so your guy gets a shot. That's stupid. That, I, that I, is I, completely, I completely, completely stupid to do that because if you think of that mentality, then you're talking about a failed season. You're talking about yeah. a, a failed head coach. You're talking about another head coaching change and things like that. If you were a true Auburn fan, I don't care who you were rooting for quarterback-wise, you, you damn well better be on the T.J. Finley bandwagon and hope that this kid can lead this team to the promised Tom, land.
1: Tom, you're also summarizing the last few years of sports called during the Gus Malzahn era sure. when it felt as though a good number of folks that would call into this program uh, were more so inclined to have Auburn lose a football game to get rid of a head coach, then win, and support the team that's out there on the field. And so, yeah, we would absolutely echo those sentiments with who's under center for the Tigers come Saturday.
4: Yeah, I wonder if that's a problem that's unique to Auburn because obviously I pay more attention to Auburn because that's the team I cheer for. But I I think it is throughout all of college football that people would rather their team lose and be right than have their team win and be wrong. People are more concerned with, uh, with having their opinion be the correct one uh, rather than cheer for their team, which is
3: no, it, it makes no sense. insane
4: behavior that I just simply can't get behind. Uh, and yeah, I'm with you. I w- I was fully bought into Robbie or excuse me, uh, Zach Calzado was going to be the starter, but it became pretty obvious about halfway through fall camp that he just was not up to the level of T.J. Finley and uh, Robbie Ashford. And I, I think when the def- when the depth charts are released probably later today, he's going to be QB three, uh, which is not what anybody expected. But man, I, I, you have to admire T.J. Finley. Because Auburn went out and recruited over yeah. his head. They recruited two transfers over his head. Yep. Uh, and everyone was bought into, Robbie Ashford might be the guy of the future, but Zach Calzada is the guy who's going to start now. But he stuck with it, and he won the job. And that that takes, that takes a lot. It takes so, guts. Uh, wh- whether or not T.J. Finley is a Power 5 starting quarterback or not, I admire the fact that he was able to do this. Now, we'll True. see how it looks uh, come week three against Penn State. But, I mean, again... You got week one and two first. I was going to say, don't overlook the first two.
1: We no. got to take our first commercial break here on today's show. Again, Brian Harson will be arriving at the podium in due time. As ahead of the press conferences, Auburn will release their depth chart for the upcoming 2022 season. Beat writers and reporters in venue set to get those momentarily. When we come back, we set you up for Auburn Football Talk here on Tiger 95.9 FM.
3: I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, my name is JJ Jackson. I am inside the studio with Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, and All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. You can visit them online at auburnbank.com. For more information, your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, we're taking a few of your phone calls as we're getting set for Brian Harson's first press conference to open up the football season. Auburn takes on Mercer Saturday night at Jordan-Hare Stadium. You can listen to the game on fm talk 93.9 all right let's go to our phone lines for the first time during today's program and joining us is
0: matt from tallacy matt
1: has called into the show today hello matt what's up guys what's What's up how you doing
5: buddy what's up hi tom hello hey hey cam and brent what happened to you
4: guys falcons man hey we won falcons what it's the preseason it is hey look it's the preseason preseason, but we won
5: Hey, I, I got a question for you guys, and then I want to tell you my picks on college and high school. So, what? Hey, uh, I heard you about, get two uh, questions you, today, and
1: then we got to get to a break, and then we'll do the picks. Go ahead.
5: I said, okay. Uh, question: What do you guys think about the player that uh, committed to Auburn over Alabama? And then uh, I'm looking at my computer. The Auburn's trying to put put the Penn State. Uh, Penn State. Uh, say a safety committed. what do you guys think about
1: that recruiting never stops the Quavius sorry the wide receiver did commit to auburn uh, on friday that was like the least significant news on friday given the oh, alan right. green uh, resignation that came a little bit later but anytime you get a commit over alabama it's big time for this program and then uh, auburn's always going to keep recruiting at the top positions what's your other question
5: And then Auburn, what do you guys think about, like, we got a commitment. um, We got a player from Georgia that came to Auburn. What do you guys think about that?
1: That's a state that Auburn needs to recruit very well in, and they have over the years. Anytime you can get players from the state of Georgia, from Alabama, from Florida, right in your backyard, you've got to be able to dominate that area, and the Tigers are able to do that. They'll continue to add to this 2023 class, continue to climb the rankings, and I'm thrilled about what the future might hold.
5: So uh, the last question is, what do you guys think about the North Carolina athletic director coming to Auburn to take over for Alan Green?
1: That's a big rumor out there. Uh, Bubba Cunningham at North Carolina right now. Obviously, if you were able to get somebody to jump from a Power 5 school to a Power 5 school, uh, I think you would love that opportunity. It feels as though we'll see someone uh, that's got a little bit deeper ties to Auburn Come in and, and take on that next role as athletic director would be my best guess.
5: Okay, and um, I'm I'm about to get to my um, high school um, and college picks. Um, and um, if you give me a minute to get to them, I'll tell you who I'm picking. Um, All right, so who are you picking them, for
1: Auburn and Mercer?
5: I I'm picking
1: Auburn. You got a score?
5: Um, a pretty high score. I say forty. I say. I say thirty-four. Uh, thirty-four twenty-eight.
1: Oh wow, that's a closer game I think than people would like to see on Saturday. But if Auburn wins, they're going to be happy about it. Okay, what other or, scores or, do you have?
5: Or or, or I can't get like Auburn forty-nine. Um, no, I, I can say like
1: 56-28 Auburn. All right. That'll work. We like that. That's a good score. That's a good uh, okay, score. Yeah. What about Georgia versus Oregon? I got, I got the dogs. You got Georgia beating Oregon. Okay. Um, in
5: that game I got, uh, I got Georgia
1: winning 49-7. to 49-7 to for Georgia. Okay. And then what, else, give me two more games that you want to pick and then we got to let you go.
5: Uh, I got um, I got uh, Florida. I got Florida winning.
1: Okay.
5: And Bam- and Bama.
1: And then Tallahassee versus Central Clay this weekend. What do you have?
5: Tallahassee.
1: Tallahassee. All right. Perfect.
5: Yeah. Uh, uh, my other pitch, I got I got North Carolina, Ohio State, Troy State. Uh, Mister. Uh, Troy, Mississippi, You got State, some good Florida. ones. Yeah, mm. and, um, and I got Arkansas winning
1: too. Perfect. All right, let's do the cheer, guys. Five, four, four three, two, one. 4, War Eagle. Eagle! Hey! Hey! Beat hey. hey. Bama 48,
3: 45, 63,
5: 13. Booyah. Booyah! Bama, we're coming to your field. You got a second. Staven, we're going to beat you and say bye bye. Georgia, come to your field. Georgia, go dogs.
1: That's Eagles right. In. All right, buddy. We'll see you next week. Good talking to you. Hey. That's our good pal Matt from Tallahassee joining us there on the program as we'll take our next time out here on today's show. And when we come back, we'll get set for Brian Harson to preview the first game of the season taking on Mercer. This is Sports Call Tiger 95.9.
4: Follow us on tweeters.
0: Follow our Sports Call host, JJ Jackson, on Twitter by searching at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. And follow the show on Twitter by searching at Sports Call AU.
6: Hashtag, is that two words?
2: This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award winning Sports Call, Auburn.
1: All right, game week for the Auburn Tigers as they get set to take on Mercer. Brian Harson is at the podium. He's got to preview the upcoming game. Let's listen to the head football coach right now here on Sports Call.
7: As far as the game goes, just Mercer, uh, they scored 63 points, had 625 total yards. And, you know, that's hard to do. And I think that's uh, something that uh, their team, we looked at them last year, um, you see it this year again. They're well coached. Uh, Coach Chronic does a great job with that group. Um, they play hard. They're physical. And they're very balanced when you look at them. Um, and so in all three phases, they had a, a kickoff return for a touchdown. And, you know, they certainly have our attention when it comes to getting prepared this week uh, and having a game to watch. You know, I think that's something that You know, we're going to take advantage of is is being able to watch their first game and then get our guys prepared and ready to go out there and play. So, uh, most importantly for us, it's a chance to go out there and get ready for a game. You know, there is no more scrimmages, there's no more spring games. Um, We have a deadline, and it's this Saturday. We get a chance to go out there and play. And I'd say everybody that sits in this room is excited about that. You get to a point in camp where you're just tired of hitting each other and, and doing the same things, and now we get a chance to to go out there and play somebody else and to be at home in our stadium, which we're all looking forward to that. Uh, so I could tell last night at practice, like the energy was different. There was an excitement that this is the week we get to go out there and play. And uh, I'm very proud of our coaches and players and all the work they put in to get to this point. And now it's time to go out there and, and get ourselves prepared and ready. So this is their day off. Tomorrow we'll be back out for a padded practice and we'll be focused on that and just getting ourselves uh, geared up for having a great day tomorrow. So. With that, questions. Again, raise your hand, and then when you're called, please state the name and affiliation the before your question. With the name of T.J. Finley as a starter, how much evaluation will go into the quarterback situation going forward? Is it a lock gate on that job, or will the snaps and film that the guys put together subsequently determine who might get a chance there? Yeah, I think I know what you're asking. I mean, we're always evaluating our guys. He's he. Won the starting job, and that's the focus going into this week. Um, beyond this game, and, and not to create any controversy or any issues, but it's football. You never know, right? You have guys at other positions. You guys have the depth chart. Shedrick Jackson is our starting X wide receiver. And Marcus Harris is our starting D tackle. It's, it's really the same thing. I know we want to focus on the quarterback. It's all the same to me. Um, you know, you got to go out there and play well. I think those guys all know that at the end of the day. Uh, It doesn't mean that other guys in backup roles don't want to play. And it doesn't mean that at the end of the week, we're kind of joking about it earlier. I mean, we're a strep throat away from somebody else being a starter. right? So this depth chart right here, i mean, that's the reality of our world. Guys get sick, something happens. um, And by Thursday, I told the team in here too, you might be the third string guy. And then come Thursday, a guy gets sick, and you're the second string guy. And then he goes out there in the second play of the game. He rolls his ankle. You're the starter on the third play of the game. Just like that. And so if guys are sitting in here and, and are pouting about not being in the position they want to be in, then they're not going to be ready when their moment's called. And they get that opportunity. But TJ's earned it. Uh, Those other quarterbacks, they all competed. They're not going to stop competing. They're not going to stop working. They're not going to stop trying to prepare to go out there and play uh, because they all know, I mean, you're one play away. That's just the reality of it in football. But as far as practice goes, TJ is going to get the majority of the reps. He's going to be out there running with the Blues, and we're going to focus on the game plan what we have to do and and let him go operate and, and know that, hey, we got his back, and this is his opportunity to go out there and prepare himself for Saturday and then hopefully play really, really well.
3: Yeah, Brian, with Zach, I, I know you mentioned he was sort of still catching up from some of the shoulder stuff in spring. Well, what sort of message to him right now and, and what do you sort of think that he's hoping to work on to sort of in his role and sort of stay involved?
7: Yeah, well, he, I mean, he's got his message from Coach Kesaw. I mean, that's not something that, that I'm going to share with everybody. I mean, that's part of – because you've got to go back. These guys are all – this is really important to them, right? Every guy's getting coached up. And we don't go through every, everybody on this list and what the expectations are day to day like we do with our players. We're not going to do that publicly. Um, Zach's no different. I mean, just keep competing, keep working. He's got things to work on, so does everybody else on our football team, and um, no different for him. But for all the guys that aren't in the starting role, keep your head up, because it changes so quickly. And special teams is a big factor, guys, we have guys that our backups on this list right here that will be starters on special teams. And the one thing about the way we we transition in and out of personnel groups, offense, defense, and special teams, I mean, you're gonna see a lot of guys that may not be starters on O and D, they're starters on special teams, they might end up being starters in that game um, in the second half. So you just never know. I mean, it's football, we got our roster and these guys are ready to play and we're gonna keep continuing to prepare them that way so that when they get their opportunity, my goal is when a guy steps on the field Everybody's excited, all right? The other 10 guys are excited that he's coming on the field and that he goes out there and he really seizes the moment. Because I want every single guy on this team to be successful. So when you get your chance, hey, I don't care if it's the guy that started or his backup and all that, we want to see you be successful. And we want you to go out there and experience that and then also help your team you know, win a football game. So every one of these guys knows that for me, that we're going to keep coaching them, we're going to keep helping them. Um, we do focus on that first group because they're going to get a little more reps, but you also have your backups. And as, a, as coaches, you're always going to be focused on those guys and getting them prepared. Right. Yes, I have a TJ question for you. Um, you mentioned that you charted everything the quarterbacks did uh, during fall. Uh, did Coach you- Kesaw did, yeah. I didn't personally, yeah. Well, the, I didn't personally, but we have people that are charting all that. Did you keep up with his accuracy? How did it compare to what he did uh, last season, which was 54.7%? Was it better during your? 11, 11 period. Yeah, it was better. Yeah, and you hope you know your quarterbacks are above that, right? You want to be in sixty plus percent. If you start looking at stats and all those things, but uh, at the end of the day, I mean, what kind of completions are you getting? You know, and that was the one thing in practice. Practice is different than the games, right? After a while, you're going against the same guys, and you're kind of running the same plays. And at some point, you know, you now you're really asking your quarterback to be accurate because he's going to have to put it in a spot that the guy already knows he's trying to throw to um i think he did a really good job and then you go and look at all the individual periods that we did and, and i look at just his fundamentals and really all of our quarterbacks you know how is their feet how's their upper body you know what is what is coach key and and that group on the offensive side really teaching these guys and coaching them up on and i'm a part of that too so the accuracy piece is better um i think you know just his overall mechanics and you know, earlier today I got asked the same question and, and I would say this, you know, people people improve. All right, and that does include quarterbacks at Auburn. All right. They can have they can improve, they can get better. And it's amazing that what a guy did last year, they're not the same players, they're not the same guys. And we just go back to what you have, you know, video on you have last year, and I get that you're comparing it to last year. I get to see him every day since last season and what he's done. So um We've moved on from last year with every one of our players. Guys improve. They grow. Competition brings out the best in you. So you bring guys in. You bring a couple transfers in. You bring a a high school player in that's a really good player in Holden. And what competition does, it brings out the best in you. And so I see that with a lot of our guys. And you know what? We got good players that are on the two deep in this depth chart here. They're going to keep competing, and that's going to bring out the best, hopefully, in our players. And no different for TJ, but his percentage is better. I think he's um, done a good job, fundamentally, to get his, his mechanics and all that, where he can throw the ball. And he's worked a lot of different techniques where he's going to be better in those areas.
2: Mark. Coach, did you have some guys that had really good preseason and
8: stepped up and improved their stock in the coaching staff's eyes?
7: Did we have some guys? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think. Um, Anybody for Gosh, you know, I mean, it really, it's, it's, it's all these guys here on this 2D, to be honest with you. I know guys have played, and um, it, that's hard. I know what you're asking me. It's hard for me to think like that. I don't really think that way uh, because where Owen Papo is at is different than where Tavares Dawson's at, okay? So Owen has to, like, that much for Owen is really hard to get him that much stronger, that much faster, that much better. I mean, just that tiny little bit for Owen is, is so hard to do. You know, Dawson's like the size of this room from where he was, right, is how much he's grown. And so everybody in their own way has made improvements. And that, to me, is what, what I look at. Because you got to challenge guys differently. I mean, I don't expect our elite players to play down to a level. Um, because other people around them aren't at their level at that point. I expect them to push themselves and and play at an elite level. I expect the guys that are just solid to get up to an excellent level. And so everybody's different. And that's coaching. That's the thing. You have three different guys. You have one position group, three different guys at the same spot, and they're all at different levels. And you're trying to get them to a point where they can help us win, all right, and they can get on the football field. So um, I think everybody's made progress in a lot of ways. And, And I don't think. A lot of guys that we had here last year went backwards in any way. They're stronger. They're faster. Um, I think their football intelligence is better. Their preparation habits, you know, they're, they're doing things that, that we just didn't do last year. They're seeing things that we didn't see last year. And I think their effort at practice is better than what we had the previous year. So to me, everybody's making progress. And those young guys are coming along. And I would say that some of those freshmen, you know, we have the four games. Don't count them out. Those guys somehow are going to find themselves in the mix somewhere along the way. We'd like to play them at some point. So they just need a little bit of time, a little experience. I thought the other day we went out there, we had the crowd. It wasn't many people. It's not going to be like it is against Mercer. And you could see there were some jitters. You know, some of those guys that hadn't you know, been in that stadium with people in it on the football field. That's different. They've come to games and watched what the other guys on the field did, then all of a sudden you're down there and there's just a few eyes on you. And you start, you know, you see a little different mechanics and it's like, all right, relax. But you have to go through that and experience it before you get out there in front of 88,000 plus. And, you know, to me, I thought every one of those guys grew in different ways. So, I mean, I thought we made progress overall.
6: Uh,
7: Brian quarterbacks, not just CJ, any quarterback, Are there specific things beyond the, the obvious and- Completion percentage and all those things, but are there specific things that make one quarterback uh, effective and able to win? Yeah, I do. I think I think toughness is a huge part of that. I really do. Um, if you really study that position, I think that is the number one the number one trait that you have to have. And you watch the really good quarterbacks, and and nobody cares about this stuff more than maybe as much as I do, but 10 years of, of studying this position and talking to NFL coaches and watching NFL quarterbacks and college quarterbacks and high school quarterbacks and talking to college quarterbacks and talking to NFL quarterbacks, um, the number one thing for me is toughness and that you're not flinching. And watch the guys stand in the pocket. You know, I had a really coached a really great one, Brett Rippon, who's with the Denver Broncos. And if you ever watched him play, I and mean, he'd stand right in the pocket, a guy's barreling down, he never flinched once. And now, I mean, it cost him a couple of times. You know, I remember his ribs and his chest and his shoulder pads. We had to fix those a few times. But, you know, just guts and tremendous toughness to sit there and stare down and throw a ball right over the middle when a guy's coming barreling down on you. And I think that's one of the, the key ingredients to being successful at that position. So it's really hard to, to gauge that in practice because you don't hit your quarterbacks. You can throw stuff at him. We throw brooms and bags and balls and all these things like that. And either you got it or you don't. And I had a, a quarterback tell me that one time, like, you can throw it. This is an NFL quarterback. He's like, Coach, you can throw whatever you want at me. Either you got it or you don't. You're going to stand there and you're going to deliver when a guy's coming right down, barreling down on you. Or you're going to flinch and get on your back foot and flick it. And that ball might sail on you. And those end up being picks. So um, accuracy is a big part of the success of a quarterback, You know, just uh, from what you said before the stats, but you better be tough and you better be able to handle the crowd. You got to be able to handle all the ups and downs of the game. You got to be able to lock in and do your job, call the plays. Um, you got to get yourself up really quickly when you get knocked down. Um, I mean, those are all things to me that in my experience, watching, watching the, the best play that position, I think that's one of the number one things they've had. It's just the toughness piece.
0: Brian Stokes.
3: Yeah, Coach. So, uh... Um, how did T.J. find
7: out that he won the job what was his over- overreaction? Yeah, I think anybody that was at our practices knew that he won the job from, from a while ago. I don't think there was any shock yeah. um, whatsoever. But, you know, hey, ready to go. I mean, it's really simple, like, all right, let's do this, ready to go. And that's that's what I like about T.J. I mean, he's kind of – the guy's been taking number one reps since January. I'm not sure that he was really surprised yeah. by it, um, but nonetheless, you know, hey, let's roll. It's time to go.
9: Um, bro, I'm doing well today. Um, What did Alan Green to you as an athletic director, and what does his departure leave behind from the program?
7: Yeah, well, you know what? Um, first thing for Alan, you know, just because, I mean, he's very well accomplished to get to this and where he's at. Um, and so, you know, I know that's not easy, and, and certainly – you know, I think about he and his family, uh, I'm very appreciative, number one, uh, because we joked about it in here, you know, at the time we met and those things like that. I mean, I knew Alan Green when he was at Buffalo and we got a chance to talk and it wasn't one of those just, um, it wasn't a joke. Let me say that, you know, the first time we met, I mean, it was a serious conversation. I mean, here I am talking to a guy and I'm like, wow, this guy's You know, really locked in. I like what he had to say. You know, I told you before, we're kind of at two group of five schools and trying to make it and trying to figure it out. You know, where do we stand? What are the things we got to do to help improve our programs? And then all of a sudden he's at Auburn and and we're having a conversation about this job. And and I appreciate his process. You know, I felt like through the interview process, he did a great job of asking the right questions, um, telling me things I needed to know, uh, making sure I had a heads up. You know, on certain things and and really recruiting. I mean, that's really re- what it comes down to, right? You're you're interviewing, but you're also recruiting. You're you're doing those things and um, and so I was I was thought that process was done very well. And then working with him here, I mean, I got to see him lead. I got to be a part of the uh, head coaches meetings. I got to be a part of the all staff meetings. Um, I got a chance to, to go in there and um, give my thoughts and opinions on on things. And you know, you're running 500 student athletes and coaches and people, and um, that's no easy task. I mean, just on our staff, right? You got people that you're trying to lead, you got teams you're trying to lead, and and they all want to get better. They all want things that sometimes you can provide and sometimes you can't, um, but you still got to lead. So, um, you know, I'm just, I'm appreciative of, of this opportunity because of him, and I'm appreciative of his leadership. And, you know, now, you know, for us, it's it's time that you know he's made his decision, and we got to move forward, and we got to get ready for um, for Mercer, and then you know get our team to go get our team to go out there and play well. I mean that's really what what we have to focus on right now, and uh, certainly I know that he'll support that, and he'll support us, and you know wants to see us succeed. So to me, it's um, kind of where we are right now.
3: Justin. Brian, uh, the only or
2: among the starters on the depth chart is Keandre and Cam at right guard. Uh, you have any insight about what you guys' plans are using those guys, both of them maybe, or, or just kind of generally how Stutz kind of got in, into that battle
7: on that did, did you put the or on there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, both, guys, both guys have been back and forth. Just messing with you, all right? Both guys are really in that role right now. We haven't decided. At that guard position, um, and I would say too, you know, just let's let's talk about the O line here for a minute. Tate Johnson, Tate Johnson's had a really good camp, and Jalil Urban has done a really good job. And Jalil can play anywhere in, on the inside. Uh, I think Avery Jernigan has really come on too. He's starting to kind of come into himself a little bit as far as a player and figuring out, um, you know, how physical he can play. So it all starts there. Uh, It's good to have Brandon Council out there. I'm glad that Jeremiah Wright came back to the offensive side. Uh, So I'm proud of him for that. And then uh, between Keandre and Cameron Sutts, those guys have been back and forth. Both guys are – Cameron's really had a great camp. He had a great spring too. I think he's one of the the more improved players. Uh, And I think physically he's changed his body and he's gotten himself in really good shape. From where he was to where he is right now, and I'm really proud of him for that. And I think that's gonna be a big difference for him when he goes out there and plays. Keandre, same thing through camp. You know, he continues to to build himself into into shape that he needs to be in to go out there and play. He's strong, he's played before. So we'll see. We'll see how this week goes between those two guys. Um, Trox has done a really good job of right tackle and really Brandon Coffey. Uh, is another guy that's made a lot of improvements. He's very athletic, and I think he's he's done a really good job putting himself in a position to get out there and play. So, um, yeah, between those two right now, I mean, we'll we'll see how it goes. And you know, if they both play in the game, that'll be fine too, because they can both go out there and do the things we need them to do.
6: Go, okay. I wanted to ask, uh, get you to talk a little bit about Uh just with, with Nick out, talk about his traits, his strengths, and is there some concern? He's still 285, is he
7: a little undersized against some of the big guys you're going to see? Um, no, I think he's plenty strong enough. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the weight that will continue to come. You know, that We don't stop lifting until we're clear. We don't stop lifting when the season begins. We don't stop developing. That's still part of the, the plan for these guys. We're still getting guys stronger and faster and bigger throughout the year. But I think he's done a really good job of understanding what we're trying to do on the offensive side. So at center, you're making a lot of calls, you're redirecting, you're getting everybody on the same page. You got the snap count, you got all these things you got to factor in, um, and I think he's handled that well. I think we early on, um, you know, when Nick was not there, he's getting more reps, and it's like, okay, you're getting thrown in right now, and you're you're starting to really play a lot of plays more than he had in practice before, and then. I think after that he started to get kind of into a groove a little bit. So, uh, and Jalil's helped him as well. You know, jalil has been, he's played that position and Jalil's helped. So those guys are working together. I think Brahms has really helped both guys. And then uh, Avery is another one that, you know, continues to keep making progress at that position too. But Tate, you know, Tate can do it. Tate can go out there and he can make the calls. He can see the field. Um, I think he's actually moving really well too. And for some of the things that we want to do, I think he's running well. I think he's landing blocks. And so you know, there's that component to the game, too, that we really need at that position. Um, is their center playing well? And I think he's done a good job so far.
3: Brian, yeah. has Robbie put himself in a position to still contribute for you guys in these, in these first couple games? And I guess I know you said TJ is going to come in first team reps but what do you kind
7: of assess of of Robbie's role right now? Yeah well we'll see where Robbie's at too. I mean all those guys um, right now I mean the focus is on TJ and getting that that group really going because we've had multiple quarterbacks taking reps right. We really haven't had a ton where just one guy's getting the majority of the reps. Uh, I'm really proud of Robbie though. I think he's come a long way as far as just his development, his understanding of what we're doing. Uh, I think Robbie's very talented and he'll continue that too. That's the one thing where Robbie's at right now. Robbie's not going to stop developing. And so no different this week. You know, we'll see when we get this game plan really honed in for Mercer how he goes out there and executes it and he's, you know, he's ready to go. He's one play away, right? To be out there. So he's going to get plenty of reps, plenty of opportunities to keep proving himself and you know, he's got to get that mentality now. And this is the hardest thing about being a backup quarterback is you got to prepare like the starter. You don't get all the reps. You're not getting all the attention. You're not going into the game knowing that you're the starter, but you're preparing like one because, again, all it takes, you know, in one snap, it can change, right? Something can happen, all of a sudden you're on the field and you're the starter. And so he has to prepare like that. And no different for our other quarterbacks as well. You know, I think Holden, I mentioned that the other day. He's coming on. I think he, he's doing a really good job of just now understanding what the expectations are. Uh, I thought being out there at the open practice was good for him, just to kind of get out there on the field and be one of those guys that hasn't been on the field with really people out there, all right, in that moment. Uh, not very often, at least. And so, you know, I feel good about where he's at as well. And then Zach continues, you know, to keep developing himself and improving. But um, I'm excited to see both those guys, TJ Robbie this week, and see how they operate, just really dialed into the game plan and um, see what that looks like at the end of the week going into the game.
1: That's Auburn football head coach Brian Harson as he's previewing the Tigers' upcoming game this weekend when Auburn will be taking on Mercer to start the 2022 college football season. we got to get out of here. It's the end of hour number one of Sports Call here on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Chuck Culpepper of the Washington Post joins us at the top of the hour. A little PGA FedEx Cup Tour Championship and college football coverage with Chuck Culpepper when Sports Call continues in a moment on Tiger 95.9 FM.
0: One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications proudly presents Sports Call. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: Second hour of Sports Call gets started right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Cam Barry, and Brandon Daughtry. Got a full crew as we're counting you down to the start of the upcoming football season. The Auburn Tigers are back in action on Saturday from inside Jordan-Hare Stadium. The sports calendar continues to push forward as Major League Baseball winds down. The NFL is just about to get set and started. We saw the NASCAR playoffs... Open up the final race of the regular season this past weekend at Daytona. And, uh, oh, yeah, there was a tour championship up for grabs in golf. A lot to discuss, and who better to talk about the current landscape in the wide world of sports than one of our very good buddies. He's Chuck Culpepper with The Washington Post, and he's kind enough to join us back here on Auburn's First and Auburn's Favorite Sports Talk Show. Happy Monday to you, Chuck. Hope that you're doing well, my friend.
10: And Happy New Year to you, given the uh, calendar at hand <laughs> coming weekend.
1: Students <laughs> are you. back on a college campus, and now we've got to jump back into a lot of uh, different topics uh, with football season here and that sort of thing. But I want to start with the FedEx Tour Championship that we saw take place yesterday. What a run by Rory McIlroy, Chuck.
10: Yeah, and it's, um, you know, um, I I just arrived for that yesterday. I just did the, covered the final day, and you know when by the time i got there scheffler who by the way is the number 1 player in the world and the player of the year and no uh no threat to to uh fumble any uh six shot lead had a six shot lead going into the fourth round and you know we were all talking about how all the people were joking on me you just got here and it's it's over already and then within seven holes it, they're tied you know and it's just you don't see that often um it did call to mind another famous six-shot lead in the state of Georgia that went away 26 years ago. Now I don't know if you remember that, but um, but uh, it's very rare, and it was quite a a uh, quite a stunner.
2: Uh, how uh, at the end of that, uh, Roy McElroy goes over and in uh, and, and greets Jeffler's uh, family. But uh, how classy was that? Uh, he goes over and apologizes. Uh, why he's apologizing, but I understand why. But uh, that just seemed like a very class act by Rory.
10: He is one thing. As someone who who happens by out there about five or six times a year, you know, I'm not there every week. It's always striking to me how beloved he is, and he is beloved, and he is wildly and widely beloved. And there's there are often reasons why people become beloved and boy that was I watched that video about seven times over I I was inside at the moment that it that it happened actually uh, waiting for uh <clears throat> waiting for interviews but but that I mean that's just the kind of thing that that demonstrates uh what a just a feel he has on uh, on decency and goodness and you know kind of why he's been considered the ideal spokesman to stick his neck out and defend the pga tour through this this uh nutty season that it's
2: had and 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 you just mentioned it right there of rory defending the uh, pga you're getting ready to uh have have a tournament coming up where they're going to have to be seeing some of these guys from the liv tour and uh he has been asked about that and uh you know is he the guy that pga is going to really ride behind with this whole liv controversy going on
10: I think so, and I think um, <clears throat> I think they have a lot of momentum now, the PGA Tour, after their players' meeting. Isn't it funny in sports always how, whatever sport it is, some team is going badly, and then they had a meeting. Right. And you kind of wonder, you kind of wonder, you know, why don't people have meetings all the time? But anyway, um, maybe they wouldn't be as effective then. But this players' meeting really in Delaware last uh, August 17th really seems to have given some, some momentum to the PGA Tour, and it's some of its new ideas and the fact that it's holding on to most of its players. And, um, yeah, and I think there was one question by the great AP golf writer Doug Ferguson yesterday toward glory about about how the other players often seem to defer to him on these matters, and does he mind that? And, you know, the answer was that he doesn't. He he believes in what he's saying. Um, I just don't think – any sport or any cause within any sport could have a better spokesman than
1: him. And kind of wild to see the progression of Rory McIlroy, as we said, his third tour championship. At one point in his career, he's deemed a guy that could possibly be this major uh, competition, major threat. I don't know that that's the right word to Tiger Woods and his greatness. Now, all these years later, those two guys are leading the charge, Chuck.
10: No, you're, And you're absolutely right. I mean, the trajectory of his career has been has been odd and and remarkable in a lot of ways. And when I, I remember at the uh, 2014 PGA Championship at Valhalla in Louisville, uh, when it was a stormy Sunday, this storm was coming, and he held off the field and he won that thing. But at that point, he had won four of the previous eleven majors, which is a lot, you know, within yeah. eleven majors. It's so hard to win even one of them. And people who probably should know better were talking about, oh, double digits for him. And here we are eight years later, and he's still got four. Yet, he's also in this role as sort of a statesman and a spokesman for the game alongside Woods uh, and as a more you know, frequently vocal statesman than, than is Woods. And um, and it's, it's, it's really something to see. It makes you wonder uh, how we're not even thinking about what, so much when will he get that
1: fifth major. Chuck Culper is our guest here on Sports Call. He writes for the Washington Post as we sort of shift gears. We know that recently also, uh, you, you know the college football season is up and rolling. You saw once again uh, the team across the state, the Alabama Crimson Tide, tops in the AP poll as another college football season gets set. I mean, what are your thoughts and expectations for the college football season as another year gets started?
10: I get a sense that people are viewing this season as maybe a bit boring in the, uh, in the run-up, you know, that the teams are the same, that, that uh, the, the, the monsters are going to be the same, so to speak, the, the Titans. And so um, often in sports, you think about when there's something like that, that does seem to be when something fresh and new pops up. I don't know what, that, what I would consider that to be this year. You know, obviously Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, all around the top. Um, I'm going this weekend to Columbus to see Notre Dame's uh, visit to Ohio State. That'll get me started. But, um, you know, maybe one team I'm looking at with interest is Utah, coming off that Pac-12 title and that number seven preseason ranking. That's the highest the program has ever had. And then there's the whole element of USC and UCLA and and when they play them and the sentiments that will be going on with that. So, um, so yeah, I I think – It has a sameness to it that that might be troubling for the sport, but that sometimes that's when something new comes about.
1: Well, Chuck, offer your thoughts on this perspective, the fact that this was a summer where we spent so much time talking about changes in the sport with conference realignment, a good discussion over the last year about name, image, and likeness, and now we actually have results that we'll be able to talk about on the football field. We saw games played in Ireland this past weekend, a couple of ACC schools back in action. Uh, Vanderbilt scored 63 points in a football game in the SEC. They proved that that can actually happen, uh, which was really exciting over the weekend. But the fact that we don't have to worry about some of those conference realignment or other big topics, and football's back.
10: I tell you, the, the, way, the way the chatter goes, sometimes in the off season, I'm actually surprised that people remember to go and play football games when the, when the football <laughs> season comes up. You know, it was like right. like if they just forgot to do it, it wouldn't surprise me completely. You know, and it's it's exactly what you're saying. It's exactly right. I still love the games. I think the games save a sport that often tries to kill itself in one way or another. And I think, you know, I still think you heard Jim Mora the other day, now he's at UConn, talking about how he got all excited just listening to the band. That was in their preview uh, press conference before they played at Utah State. Yeah, I just think, you know, that kind of thing is what saves it in the end and is what, what makes it still go. And um, I'm with you, I find it, after all the speculation, that's what tires me out, just the speculation, I find it actually kind of uh, therapeutic when they start playing games.
1: What kind of environment are you expecting for Notre Dame and Ohio State this weekend?
10: I'm expecting the local uh, home fans to expect an annihilation of the visitors and to to start grumbling if they don't get the annihilation. I think they're... I think that team, Ohio State, is really formidable this year, and I think that's a tough spot for uh, Notre Dame to, to start out, of course. would probably would be for just about anyone. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I expect that to be, you know, just off the charts. You think of the new coach at, at Notre Dame, uh, Marcus Freeman, uh, still so young. And it wasn't so long ago he had his uh, – his own as a high school linebacker near Dayton, Ohio. His own own um, you know recruiting little announcement in the gym like they do, and with the hats in front of him. And, and the hats that day were Ohio State, which he did choose, and then Michigan, and, and then Notre Dame. And it's funny to think about the fact that he's now the head coach yeah. of one of those three programs already.
2: Chuck, I got a question for you. You you, just, you were talking about you were just covering that PGA tournament. Now you're we're talking college football. We're talking all how, – how do you do what you do? It, it's, one, it's one thing to be a, a beat writer and your focus is on a team. How do you do what you do? I mean, it seems like, it seems like your focus uh, has to kind of be all over the place, especially this time of year.
10: It's like wandering around and feeling just completely lost and like an imbecile <laughs> in every single – Domain, because you know you're always there among the people who are there all the time, right? And and you know, and so bouncing around. And this year, I'm going to bounce <clears throat> bounce around even more too, because they've got me on the World Cup. so I'll leave the college oh, football wow. season halfway through, so that'll be another place where I'll <clears throat> start running into people who know a lot more than I do. And that's a, that's sort of the constant feeling is getting there and saying, well, <clears throat> everybody sitting in this room knows a lot more than I do.
1: So impressive to Go be ahead. able to, to, to cover it all and, and to jump back into the college athletics that we certainly know a lot about, but we need the other experts and insiders That's right. uh to be able to chat with it. and you to wear so many different caps, uh, Chuck. It's always fun to talk with you about a variety of different topics, my friend.
10: Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for for having me as often as you do. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. Well, we've got a football season that's getting started this weekend. We've got a head football coach and Brian Harson that a lot of the outsiders expect to be on the hot seat going into the season the second year on the job and that sort of thing. And as we talk about frequently, there is that team across the state, Chuck, that uh, absolutely dominates the sport that you're always compared against each and every day.
10: Yeah, and um, that's where I'm headed the second week. to see that team play in Texas <laughs> at Austin, and um, as you know, if you ever spend any time around Austin, I used to kind of, as much as I could be said to live anywhere, I used to to live there uh, for a few years, and um, it's you know it's, it's a humongous city now. It's got just lousy traffic, and but it's, and it's got this football team that has all these resources, but can't seem to win, and um, and then and then here comes here come the big bosses in the second week, Alabama, at Texas, and that's going to be, you know, you think about these first two weeks, uh, Notre Dame at Ohio State, Alabama at Texas being probably the top games of those two weeks, and that's four big, big brands with different stories going on there just to get it started. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to a great many things about the season. I'm curious about, you know, you know, with Auburn, when you look at it from afar, you never seem to know what's going to come about. So I'm curious about
2: that, too. Looking just real quick at that Alabama team, you have a Heisman Trophy winner, you have a defensive guy who could very well be a Heisman Trophy guy. I mean, it looks like a team that has two of arguably, arguably the best players in college football on the same team. Is there anybody yeah. that's going to be able to touch Alabama this year?
10: Well, I think so. I think – I think um, if they if they ran across Georgia again while I was over in the Middle East <laughs> in Qatar at the World Cup, um, that 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 could be you know quite something. And um, as I think about it, uh, it might be just one of those cases where uh, the the we're we're so expecting them to be commanding, and that's that's a hard way to play sometimes. So I think you know. I think they could, there could be a slip up somewhere in there, but it is like you mentioned. They have the Heisman Trophy winner, and then they have the, the uh, that other guy who's actually the best player on the team. Right. You know, the linebacker, and who, if the country weren't so biased against defense or ungrateful toward defense, <laughs> one of my old causes might have won the Heisman Trophy. But um, yeah, it's but those kind of things don't always work out. You know, I mean. Obviously, it's going to work out to a season that most places will call very good, but will it work out to one that Alabama fans would call very good, which is a different standard? We um, can't be completely sure.
1: Well, we'll be dialed in all season long and looking forward to reading your work on a variety of different topics. Remind our listeners where they can find your work, Chuck.
10: Yeah, WashingtonPost.com, and then um, also uh, Chuck Culpepper1, the numeral one at, on Twitter.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll do this again sometime soon, okay?
10: Thanks for having me. Thank you, and uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. That's our buddy Chuck Culpepper of the Washington Post joining us on the show. What a cool gig he's got. I mean, uh, we've talked before. Whew. He's Man. overseas the last time we spoke with him yeah. ahead of the British Open in the golf world.
2: Well, he, just, and, he just gets done covering the golf tournament, which was in Atlanta. Right. Now he's got to focus to thinking about college football. He's going to do that, but then he's got World Cup stuff coming right. up among everything else going on. Where's so many different caps? Good lord!
1: He's a legend, that's for sure. That's insane. Let's take a quick timeout. On the other side of this break, we get to your phone calls. James from Montgomery, do up first after this on Sports Gone.
0: We need a timeout. Sports Call will be back after this quick break. Now, back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call.
1: All right, welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Game week for the Auburn Tigers. The Sports Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or if you want to hear something again, make sure that you go back and listen to our show on demand Wherever you get your podcast, and join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk, Coca-Cola Taste the Feeling. That podcast available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn on our Tiger Communications app. So many different places that you can listen to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's take your phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888-9 Tiger 9 as we go back to the phone lines. And joining us here on the program, James from Montgomery. James has called into Sports Call. Hi, James.
11: Hello, at War Eagle.
1: War Eagle, sir.
11: Yeah, I am ready for the college football season. It's um, here. I'm going the- to. Yes, it's it's here. It's about to start. Um, I'm just going to talk about week zero of the college football uh, season. Um, I saw all games uh, yesterday. I was watching every single game from 11 a.m. all the way down to like 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock that night.
1: Yeah, Vanderbilt in Hawaii, they were playing at like 11 p.m. They were playing very late. They were playing at midnight.
11: Yes, I did actually did uh see Hawaii and Vanderbilt actually play. I had Hawaii favorite to win, but they just did not they did not pull out the um win at all. And then they got I
1: obliterated, saw, yeah.
11: Yeah, they did. They actually did. And then I actually saw the um the big kickoff game in Montgomery. I actually saw that with um uh, Jacksonville uh state and
1: um, Stephen F. Austin. Uh,
11: yes, and I had I had uh Austin, I had Stephen F Austin winning that game, so that was a good a good win for them as well. and I probably see the I'll probably see those two teams come back in December, but that is to be determined. So I got a lot of uh, college football that I'm gonna be looking at between now and December. For the um, chameleon Bowl that's going to be coming up uh, this coming up December as well.
1: Yeah, they're in Montgomery. It'll be interesting to see what two teams get the opportunity to play there. But we did see amazing games over the weekend. And, uh, again, we had that game in Ireland being played even between Nebraska and Northwestern, and Northwestern with the three-point victory.
11: Yes, I did have Northwestern uh, favorite to win that game. And that was, a, that was a pretty good game that Ireland actually – Um, hosted, I mean, I I probably see like some good college football um, playoff teams actually going to Ireland as well in the near future as well.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they would love to have another event like that if they could, and we'll see if they're ever given that opportunity to host a game like that. Tell us something else on your mind today, James.
11: Well, I'm actually getting ready for Labor Day weekend because on uh, the NFL Network, they're going to be showing the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Uh, game that's going to be a really, really good game. It's, um, it's going to be on the NFL Network, so I'm going to be watching that on uh, Labor Day weekend. It's one of the first times that the Pro Football Hall of Fame actually will be doing their first um, black college football game in Canton, Ohio for the first time in a long time as well with these two great teams that are actually going to be uh, taking their trip up to Canton, Ohio, this year,
1: and you know, a lot of people are going to want to watch that football game. So I think that'll be a fun sight to see.
11: Yes, it is. It is. It's one of the best uh, sights to actually see on TV, and basically, it's one of the greatest uh, games to actually, you know, look and uh, look at the look at the best teams and. Um, black excellence in um, Pro Football Hall of Fame and seeing some of the great legends of the past that are inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame that actually played from a historic black college or university as well.
1: You're right. You're right about that. Tell me something else.
11: And then this coming up uh, weekend on Labor Day weekend, I am will be in Montgomery for two exciting games. I'm actually going to be going to see... Alabama State and Miles College. And then for the first time ever, I'm going to go and see um, Fort Valley State play against Tuskegee Golden Tigers. So I'm going to be rooting for Fort Valley State because I have two of my best friends that actually uh, play on the team. And then I have two other friends that are actually in the band. And then I have two extra friends that I've known for so many, many years. These two ladies, they are are, actually are in the major league in the majorette uh, band as well. So I'm going to actually get to take a picture with all of my friends from Fort Valley State as well, and um, I'll post it on um, my Twitter. uh, Yeah, you got to be able to post it so
1: everybody can see that. That'll be fun, and I know that you'll enjoy seeing Fort Valley State play football. That's going to be exciting.
11: Yes, as well. And then I'm getting ready to count down the days to week one of the pro football haul, the pro football season of seeing my Dallas Cowboys play against Tom Brady. So I'm hoping that I will actually get to see Dak Prescott actually play his first uh, night game in Dallas as well.
1: Yeah, that'll be uh, again next Sunday. Sunday night football. Cowboys and Buccaneers. But the season starts next Thursday When you've got the big matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the L.A. Rams. It's going to be a lot of fun. Football season is here. And James, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to chat with you here on the show, buddy.
11: Yes, it really is. And uh, War Eagle, I'll talk to you all tomorrow. War
1: Eagle, indeed. That's our good pal James from Montgomery joining us there on the program. 334-887-3401. Or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of Sports Call as we will go ahead and chat with... Wardam Steve. Retired Wardam Steve now joins us here on the program. Hi, Steve.
0: Good afternoon. And by gosh, it's fun. For
8: us, it's football week and I can't wait for it to start, guys. Game Um, week. I enjoyed hearing some of the comments uh, from uh, Coach Harson, And uh, I was relieved to see that apparently he has not transferred... To be the coach at uh, Nebraska, right? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that was a fun mistake from college game yeah. day. Yeah. Did y'all
8: watch that bunch of nonsense on game day? I,
1: I saw it after the fact. Yeah. I did not know that that no, was happening as it took place.
8: That. I'm talking the the hit stuff that was done on Auburn about uh, Alan Green uh, resigning. Steve yeah. uh, was on there. I didn't and see it. He made some out, just outrageous comments. Uh, you so you didn't hear or read about what he said?
4: I know a lot of people have said a lot of things. I I don't specifically know what everyone has said, but I I get the overall picture, for sure.
8: Yeah, I just thought, really? I mean, you know, a lot of other universities have changes in their athletic directors, uh, that I don't see the outrage that apparently uh, Auburn's been getting. Uh, Do you see it differently?
4: I think it is certainly reasonable to call Auburn dysfunctional, but I don't think they're alone in that. And uh, I think that you have a lot of teams that are not getting the hate that Auburn is when uh, w- when they're doing very similar things uh, like Tennessee or FSU and Oof, you uh, know it, Texas has kind of become a joke uh, the, the running gag about Texas being back, but yeah, they, they are certain all of those programs are certainly in similar situations, but it does seem like Auburn gets a little more love for it.
8: Yeah for some reason, just Pete Ham went on I don't even know why they had him on there, but uh, who knows uh, there is a really good article though, guys. It puts into perspective, and I'm usually, you know, uh, leery of Kevin Skarbinski, but uh, if you haven't read it, uh, what he said in this behind a paywall, but I got to read some of it before it went to the paywall, he said this. He said, On the surface, Auburn's parting company with athletics director Alan Green uh, eight days before kickoff looks like the latest and continuing series of Jabba moments. But then he says this He said, "Uh, You can't spell uh, that kind of audacity without. A U, uh, although this episode is unique and that prompted the outrage, uh, an outrageous public slander. And I agree with him on this from Tennessee A D. and Danny White. His reprimand from SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey uh, should be on its way, so to speak. I guess you know what uh, uh, Danny White said, right?
4: Yeah, I know what Danny White said. Mike yeah. White and their dad Kevin. Uh, they all kind of piled on Auburn, and you know they all have three. Uh, they three all have a. Their own skeletons in their closet. So, I, it, someone said earlier, like, I, I can't remember who said this. I wish you could credit him, but I will pile on Auburn as much as I want. Auburn fans can pile on Auburn as much as they want, but if anybody from the outside does it, it's like calling your, it's like when you call yourself fat, it's fine. When someone else calls you fat, you're throwing hands. It's that kind of deal.
8: Well, the epoxy to me is just, is pretty obvious. But then he goes on to say this he said you could jump to the convenient conclusion. But it's always better to dig deeper. And this is what got my attention from Kevin Skarbinski, who usually uh, will also um, blast Auburn. But he says, in this case, after conversations with multiple Auburn insiders, he doesn't name them, it appears that letting Green go was not short-sighted, but long overdue. And not the unfortunate result of another internal power struggle, but the next logical and necessary step as Auburn seeks to get his proud ho- house in order, uh, and he goes on to commend uh, Dr. Uh, Roberts, uh, the new president. And all I read about Dr. Roberts in the to me he made the decision is that he's been portrayed as very thoughtful, and very diligent, and very uh, thorough person. Uh, so I just I was I was just want to bring that up because you know there's been a lot of. You know, bashing of Auburn in the national media about uh, Alan Green going, and you know, if I recall correctly, uh, I don't think that Alan Green was that happy about being here even before, you know, uh, the, the the stuff with Harson That uh, he had interviews at USC, at Notre Dame, and some other universities. None of them apparently were hot to take him, right?
4: Well, no, Steve. What what happened with Alan Green, at least as I understand it, the way it's been explained to me, is. Alan Green asked for contract extension. Usually you don't let an athletic director get into the last year of of their contract. And ever since Alan Green figured, hey, this might not happen, he started taking interviews elsewhere, but he did want to stay at Auburn. He's been trying to get a contract extension for several months, and Auburn was not going to give it to him. Whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing is a matter of opinion. I liked Alan Green. Uh, I would have been fine with him staying, but – uh, you know if if the vision's not there if auburn and allen do not line up then you know it is what it is the money the money makers are going to make the final decisions on yeah. certain things and this feels like another one of those things and you can say it's a dysfunctional power struggle and in some ways you may be right but uh, i I don't think this is uh anything to I mean certainly it is something to write home about It is a big deal when your athletic director resigns but uh you know I, I don't I'm not I'm not too shocked by this because it, it has okay. it has seemed like uh Alan Green has been not maybe not on the way out, but certainly at odds uh with the higher ups at Auburn.
8: Well, uh I didn't dislike him or, or like him. I just pointed out some stuff that uh, happened in his tenure and you guys do recall that you know, I don't know if the boosters has so much to do with it, is that internally, you know, their coaches, you know, in non revenue producing uh departments that went and complained.
2: Yes. So that's that's where I was going to jump in, and that's where one of the big issues happened. Now, obviously, boosters have a lot to do with it. But the simple fact is, with Alan Green here, a lot of the coaches, uh, big-time sports and small-time sports, all had grievances with him. And they took grievances to the president. If you remember, there were times that these teams were taking buses to games where they would normally exactly. fly, and, you know, and, and, and everybody was trying to figure out that. what was going on with that.
4: Well, I, and, I will say a bus, ride, me, hey, a bus ride Steve, Columbia, a bus ride
2: to
8: Columbia,
4: a bus ride right? to Columbia, South Carolina is about four hours. It's not that bad of a bus ride. It, no, it, well, know, it's not. But teams made, don't do that. They, made, that's just they made light yeah. of me.
2: You said I was making too much of it,
8: and I said, wait a minute. This I still good, think guys. you're
4: making too much of it, but that's my personal opinion. Other people on this show disagree with me. I
8: thought it made it look cheap. And the other university, I'm sure, took advantage of it and said, look, man. And, you know, we, again, Auburn is not hurting for money. As Jeff rightly pointed out, we're in the top 15 in money-making uh, among uh, athletic departments. So we're not hurting for money. So for him to have done that, I thought that was, was really cheap. Okay. Uh, well, hey, Steve,
2: Steve, I, Steve, I was going to jump in real quick. The, the bus thing was just one. That was just one grievance. Uh, And and you can nitpick about that, whether it's valid or not from the coaches. But the other thing had to do with uh, coaches uh, being allotted the money that they wanted to get out on the road and recruit uh, money towards uh, uh, expansions of their particular fields. I, I know for a fact like soccer has been a big thing, and, and God bless Karen Hoppe for staying here this long. But, I mean, that that whole soccer thing has been way overdue for something to happen to it, and she hasn't been able to get it. They've been trying to get stuff doing with softball. All these other sports have been trying desperately to get things to to start happening with some expansions and growth, and Alan Green has not wanted to come off that money. And so they have had the complaints. And then the bus thing is just another little part of that. So, yeah, while – I understand that the boosters have a lot of say-so in that. A lot of the coaches, I, I think, I if I would have to guess that the vast majority of the coaches at Auburn are probably not that sad to see Alan Green go because they think that they can now get an AD in here that will not just hold money and squeeze them, that they will be actually be able to get the money to do what they want to do and try to grow their programs.
8: All right, real quick guys, give me your thoughts about this. Because a lot of people are somehow connecting the dots. I don't. That well now that Green is gone because he hired Harson, Harson is even deeper water than before. I say wait a minute, I don't think the two have any connection because if Harson is relying on Green to save his job,
2: (laughs) Green couldn't even save his own job, right? Listen, the 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 guy the the AD position it it is important towards that, but honestly, I think the biggest thing is going to be a new president coming in because I I think uh, Dr. Roberts coming in as a new president that has a lot more shift towards what could happen there because that new ad is going to come in obviously want to kind of get things done but you know a brand new president dr roberts that's going to be the ultimate say so and he's not he is not uh tied in any way to brian harson so i mean when you're talking about the guy that gets to make the ultimate decision is that guy and when that's a new guy in here that has no ties to brian harson that's where I would start wondering how short of a leash Brian Harson's on. Yeah,
4: I think all you know. it does is we said earlier if if Auburn went seven and five in the regular season, it was probably up in the air. Um, I think now if he goes seven and five, he's gone. I, yeah, I think that got to be I, eight now. I, yeah, I think I think the only thing it does is say that it, well, instead of one friend in the room, you have you now have no friends in the room. Right. So you're gonna have you're gonna have to impress this season, which Last he thought. was already going to have to do.
1: Last thought for us, Steve. Last thought.
8: All right, guys. Last thought. If you haven't seen it and you need to have a good laugh, then see the most recent SEC shorts. Have you seen it? I, I haven't. W-
2: I watched it today. The, the little kid getting ready to go to school. Yeah,
8: you know, dressed up as Auburn. Yep. First day. And, and first day. His mom tells him, "Come on now, you don't want to be late. It's the first uh, game of the week now." And then he starts complaining, but everybody's talking mean about us. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was hilarious. I love those guys. Whoever does this skit, uh, they, they ought to get some kind of an Emmy award. All right, <laughs> I know my time is up. Uh, But tomorrow we'll talk about, hopefully, uh, somewhat sports-related, somebody who has way too damn much money. You know, I'm talking about Mickey Mouse car selling for what? $12.6 million. (sighs) Wow. Wow. Okay, guys, that's it. Until tomorrow, guys, y'all have a safe and relaxing evening, and we're going to have a football game to look forward to this Saturday. Until then. War Eagle, guys. War well,
1: Eagle. We do indeed have a football game to look forward to with the Auburn Tigers coming up this weekend. Thanks for the call, Steve.
2: The, the SEC shorts thing, uh, somebody complained, and they it was an Auburn fan, and said, uh, we can make fun of ourselves, but you can't, talking about the SEC shorts. Their response was a picture of one of their guys rushing the field with an Auburn shirt and said, we are one of y'all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's fun. Uh, SEC shorts, Steve loves to bring those out throughout the football season. Uh, The fact he's bringing it up means that football season is here. It is here. Football will be played coming up on Saturday. Let's take a timeout. Sports Call continues in a moment.
0: JJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers. And you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
1: Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call, WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM, and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry. Your phone calls are welcome, 334-887-3401. A few minutes left here in hour number two, the final hour of our show. We've got best and worst of the weekend, a nightly TV guide. We've got a lot to get into on this Monday. T.J. Finley, the starting quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. Robbie Ashford, second string on the Auburn depth chart. We'll be able to talk about that throughout the rest of today's show but before we do anything else let's make sure we celebrate our birthdays
0: it's time for today's birthdays in sports
1: all right birthdays in sports here today on august 29th 2022 We've got graphic versions of these back online big day for us on sports call who's got a birthday today
2: <laughs> all right uh turning 42 today is david west Former NBA forward, West played college basketball at Xavier, where he started all four years and was the Atlantic 10 Player of the Year for three years in a row. As a senior in 2003, he was an All-American, was named the AP National Player of the Year, and won the Oscar Robertson Trophy as the best player in college basketball. He was taken 18th overall in 2003 by the Hornets and played 15th season in the NBA he was a two-time All-Star and two-time NBA champion. Oh, happy 42nd birthday, David
1: West. I think big body. I think mid-range jump I shot. I think enforcer. When, enforcer yeah. when I think of uh, David West yeah. over the years. A frontline mate of Roy Hibbert on those Pacer teams. Uh, yeah, happy birthday. 42, wow.
2: David West. That just sounds like a name of somebody that would kick your butt. Oh my gosh, <laughs> dude. He's,
3: he, is, uh, he was an enforcer for sure.
2: All right, turning 45 today is Roy Oswalt, former Major League pitcher. Most famously for the Houston Astros, Oswalt was born in Mississippi. Uh, Oswalt was drafted by the Astros in 1996 out of, out of high school in the 23rd round and made his Major League debut in 2001 and finished second in Rookie of the Year voting with a 2.73 earned run average over 20 starts. He spent the next 10 seasons in Houston where he was a three-time All-Star one time NLCS MVP, a one time NL wins leader, and a one time NL ERA leader. Happy 45th birthday, Roy Oswalt.
1: And this is where we remind people that the three time All Star is Roy Oswalt. Different pronunciation for you there. Roy o- Oswalt. Oswalt is uh, the official pronunciation for the former right handed pitcher.
2: Jordan, Jordan, <laughs> Oswalt, Oswalt. What's Oswalt, in a name? You know,
1: happy birthday, Roy. So Oswalt. We got Roy. We could do that.
2: There you go. Happy birthday, Roy. Yeah. Who else? All right. Turning 28 today is Alex Reyes, and I did pronounce that one correct. Yes, indeed. <laughs> closer for the St. Louis Cardinals, Reyes was drafted out of the Dominican Republic in the 2012 draft by the Cardinals. After going up and down from the majors to the minors, Reyes was named the Cards' full-time closer in 2021. He made his first All-Star game and set the MLB record for most consecutive saves to begin a career with 24 Happy 28th birthday, Alex Reyes.
1: Happy birthday, indeed.
2: And make sure there's nothing on the back. And finally, turning 32 today is Chris Taylor, utility player for the Los Angeles Dodgers, also played for the Mariners in 2014 to 2016. He played college baseball with the Virginia Cavaliers. He is a 2021 MLB All-Star, 2017 NLCS MVP. And a 2020 World Series champion, Chris Taylor. Happy 32nd birthday.
1: I'll say this about Chris Taylor. Number three for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Number, the, th- number the least, three for
2: the Dodgers. Number one in your heart.
1: The least <laughs> assuming player in the Dodgers batting order. Oh, meaning, yeah. you know, you've got all these big bodies. The Munseys of the world. Mookie Betts. Jock Peterson over the years. Freddie Freeman now. Taylor's this little small guy that's going to play your corner outfield spots, plays the infield, and he just gets it done. He gets it done. 2017 NLCS MVP World Series champion. He had a major home run, a walk-off home run in their run to the NLCS last year. So, uh, yeah, happy birthday to uh, Chris Taylor. Sorry for calling you unassuming. On your birthday, but uh, I think it's a compliment. Yeah.
2: And then they got taken out by somebody.
1: And then they got taken out <laughs> by the Atlanta Braves. That's yeah, yeah. a Mickey
2: Mouse World
4: Series. But happy birthday, man! <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, David West, Roy Oswald, Alex Reyes, Chris Taylor are all celebrating their birthdays in sports I hate here the on Dodgers. August 29th, 2022.
4: I hate 2022. the Dodgers
1: so much. Yeah, look, we're we're getting ready for the stretch it's they're run good. of the Major League Baseball season. They are so, good, and dude. again, as we talked about at the start of the show, guys, uh, unfortunately for the Atlanta Braves, fellas. Uh, they, they lost two of three to the St. Louis Cardinals over the yeah, weekend. Both
4: losses really ugly. Ugly, uh, it ugly just, losses. They should have won both of those games. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's a real shame because those are – you know, you hear the math behind it. Every baseball season, I think it's what you're going to win 60, you're going to lose 60. It's what you do with those games that aren't decided before the season ever right. starts uh, that, that define your season. And, obviously, those numbers are not concrete. Um, but – Man, the both of those games feel like one of those games that could have gone either way. Those yeah. were not one of the sixty games that you're just going to lose because of the way baseball happens. But you feel like you should have come out with those in a tight race, right now. I mean, the Braves, Braves have a chokehold on that wild card on that wild card spot. Oh yeah, whoever comes in second in the NL East is going to be one of the two wild card teams. Yeah, so it, it, you're it's still in the playoffs. Yeah, you're still in the playoffs either way. Uh, the Braves are on pace to win 100 games, and dead gummit, That's really good, that and you be can't cool. be mad at a season no. in which you win 100 games. But you would really, really like to take the NL because you've done yeah. it. You've done it so many years in a row, and you feel like you can beat the 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 Mets because they are the Mets, and you are the Braves, and the Braves have just been better than the Mets over the years. You just it, you, it's it, it's frustrating to lose games like that. Well, and
2: and it's disappointing when you bring in a guy like Kenley Jensen oh, to be your to, say, say the, to be yeah. your closer to be the guy, die, and he's. And, and and he, that, that game two nights ago that he just blew that lead. Yeah. I mean, he looked terrible. He, yeah,
4: look, he, he, did he did. just, he was, that was awful. Not he's the same looked, Kenley Jansen. He's looked really good at certain points this year, but he's gone on stretches of not great.
2: Well, that one against the Cardinals was about as bad as it could get. I mean, that one was yeah. ugly.
1: 29 of 34 on save opportunities for Kenley Jansen so far this season. That's All right, good. let's. Uh, right, we've reached the end of hour number two of Sports Call. In the third and final hour, let's talk Auburn football. We've got that coming up here in just a moment. Alongside Tom Peavy, Brant Dodger, and Kim Barry, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours of the Bucks, and we're rolling.
0: Two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620, WTRP, LaGrange. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll free at 1-888-9TIGER9.
1: Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson inside the studio. Tom PV, Brant Daughtry, Cam Berry here with me on this Monday. Football season is here, and we've got an opportunity to talk about it for one more hour today, four shows left here in the week. And as we get this third hour of the program started, let's do this.
0: We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show recap. Um... (laughs) Can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the uh, things?
1: A Daily Show recap here on Monday, August 29th, 2022. Tom Peavy, what's happened during the first two hours today? Ooh, man, a
3: lot.
2: Uh, a lot has happened, yeah, you're right. Well, we, li- we We listened to Brian Harson's first uh, official press conference. of the First
1: game week press conference. Game week
2: press conference. We had that live uh on the show um we've talked a lot about braves we've talked a lot about auburn talked to some golf uh we had uh chuck Culpepper Culpepper from the washington post uh great conversation with him and uh yeah i mean we've just kind of been breaking down a little bit of auburn getting ready as uh, as we start this opening week tj finley has been named the starting quarterback uh we've talked a little bit about uh alan green uh departure from auburn as the athletic director Uh, we haven't talked a lot about it but a little bit yeah um but yeah uh just a lot going on here as we get ready to uh see auburn play mercer
1: there's a lot going on and we got a lot going on i mean we've got uh falcons football that took place over this past weekend they played their final preseason game we saw high school football on friday night we've got the high school coaches show on wednesday nights we've got uh, Tiger talk each and every Thursday night. We've got Auburn football that you'll be able to listen to on the airwaves on FM Talk ninety three point nine. busy.
2: Auburn soccer. Auburn which soccer. You're very. Uh, invested I've got in. Auburn
1: volleyball on Wednesday. I will not be here on Wednesday as they oh. started off the year three and zero. The Tigers went to Atlanta nice. and won all three of their matches, and they'll take on Alabama State on Wednesday night. So uh, Ryan Lavoie will sit in this chair on Wednesday. Andy Burcham will join us on the program on Wednesday to talk about the upcoming season, and more. So tons going on. And what I want to do right now is highlight our website, the Tiger.fm, and also highlight the work of both Mr. Brant Daughtry and Cam Berry. And I would like for you guys to promote some of the things that people can find on our website that we're always working on and that sort of thing. Uh, we of, don't do this enough, so I want to make this more <laughs> of a thing because you guys do have a lot of work.
4: Yeah, a uh, ton of news articles for one thing. Yeah, yeah. The, ignore, ignoring the the sports stuff for a second, if you go to the tiger.fm on our homepage, you'll see like a ton of news stuff, uh, and that, I write up most of that. Uh, our General Manager Brooke just sends me articles that she thinks are interesting, and I, I'll post uh, most of them on that website. And, yeah, you can just go through and read stuff. I mean, it's mostly music news, so if that interests you, then go for it. But uh, sports stuff, uh, I started doing my opponent previews again. I have uh, the Mercer one will go out this Thursday, um, and I, I haven't started on San Jose State yet, but that will get started up pretty soon. So hey, that's probably my favorite thing that I do specifically That is that is mine, that is kind of my baby. Um, and I, I really love doing that. And I'm really proud of, uh, what I wrote up on Thursday. It's about 600, 700 words. So, uh, we're getting ready to start up that grind again. Um, I'm trying to think what else to do. Player of the week. I usually write that up. Actually, Ryan wrote up today's, but it's because it's about golf and I don't watch golf. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we let Ryan take that. Shout one. out
1: to Roy McIlroy, big yeah. time performance. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And, uh, uh
4: yeah, so that's up on the website, and those are the things that I, for the most part, do.
1: Movie Monday with yeah. Ryan Lavoy. Yes. Each and every Monday is what you could find. He went and saw Bullet Train, which is still in theaters, speeding its way through theaters. Nice. Uh, was a little pun that Ryan went with there. And also, you mentioned six or 700 words. Ryan Lavoie went 2,400 yes, words on an in-depth Auburn football season preview, uh, picking every game like he's done every single season, And uh, you can find that on our website, thetiger.fm.
4: Fantastic effort from
3: Ryan on that thing. That's really, really nice.
1: Mr. Barry. give us some plugs for uh, what else we've got and what you've got going on.
3: Oh, well, I just work on um, pretty much all the professional sports stuff that we have going on right now. I uh, consistently post our Braves notebook that comes out every Tuesday at 9 o'clock. uh, you can see that on the W A U D part of our website, and then because um,
1: why? When you listen to Braves baseball, oh yeah, I, I just you can listen to every single yes, game. You
3: can listen to every single game on twelve thirty W A U D. That's right. Um, and then soon I will be uh, starting up the Atlanta Falcons notebook, um, and so really excited to get going on that. You've Got a and Falcons
1: hoodie on today? Yeah,
3: actually, yeah, I have a Falcons hoodie on and a shirt underneath. <laughs> um,
1: You're repping the Falcons um, shirt too?
3: Yes. Oh yeah. My
4: man has bought into Desmond Ritter hype.
1: He's – look at that. Oh, he yes. Is. He is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it. I bleed it, <laughs> literally. <laughs> um,
3: so, yeah, so really re- uh, really excited to get into season. Uh, Once the season comes around, we'll have a notebook for, for the Falcons, Falcons every week. Season, yeah. So I'll be, I'll be putting that out uh, every week um, and posting top, for, p- top performers for that as well, uh, as well as I do for the Braves notebook. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much what I got going on. To- again going on. We,
1: we've got a lot of vision in our company which is great and i w- let's continue to promote everything that we've got going on uh, and that sort of thing it's so important brant has been doing a um a, the past two seasons did it this past week and i gave him no love for it and i definitely meant to because i appreciate what you did uh but a high school preview oh, yeah. for all the events taking place every friday night we mentioned on wednesdays We've got the High School Coaches Show. You're now a full-time co-host for the High School Coaches Show with Bill Bailey and Walter Northcut, which is super awesome. There. And you're talking high school football each and every Wednesday night. So why not on the website be able to let people know the games that are taking place every Friday? Yeah,
4: and look if you if you just don't know what's going on in the area, and I mean I I cover all levels of football. Like I mean we we even have uh, some of the AI in there, uh, and so we're we're really. Uh, Really, just trying to expand that. Yeah. And just like, man, I, I love high school football so much. It was such a big part of my life growing up. I've said before, my dad was a high school coach for most of my years growing up until I started playing high school football, basically. Um, but man, I, I love high school football. It, it means so much to me. And now that I'm working in it more solidly, I I'd see, you know, the high school coaches show on Wednesdays and, uh, going out to Smith Station in Beauregard to cover all their sports, not just high school foot, not just football, but uh, everything they'll be doing this year uh, is is so much fun. Our Beauregard
1: Hornets are off to a two and start. So awesome they, the boys to see look good. What the, the boys, boys look are really up to? Good. They're they're in Beauregard. So uh, yeah, football season is back. Auburn and Opelika are both in the same region again. Both no. at 7A level playing football here That's in the area. That's an insane
4: region. Which yeah. is
1: loaded. Stupid. Absolutely loaded. If there's, yeah. if there's a tougher stack.
4: region in America than 7A, I think it's region 2. <laughs> yeah. I would love to see it. I, I'm, I'm glad Auburn and Opelika are
2: back into a region with each other because back in the day when I was working for the Opelika-Auburn News, that was the last regular season games. Auburn versus opelika and, I mean just the atmosphere and it didn't matter if it was at Duck Sanford Stadium over or if you're over in Opelika, they would pack those stadiums out yeah it's the big atm- the atmospheres were insane uh, the the vitriol back and forth was insane. Uh, we had a trophy with the OA news that we would present to the winner every year and then of course I had to deal with the fact that we would do predictions and of course I would have to predict a winner of that game and if I was wrong, the winning team who I picked against would definitely let me know about it. <laughs> Even the head coach one time got on to me at midfield after a game. Uh, and so, yeah, and I'd hear about it on the sideline, especially if I was standing on the sideline. There was one year I was on Auburn High's sideline and I, I had picked Opalika to win because at this time, Opalika was dominating. Spence McCracken and Opalika Bulldogs were just dominating. There was no reason I should have picked Auburn to beat Opelika in that game. Just not. Well, Auburn upset Opelika in that game, and I happened to be on the Auburn High sideline uh, at the time. And man, do be I, like that. Oh, I had to hear about that nonstop from those guys.
1: I remember about this? Uh, all
2: in good fun, though.
1: Four or five years ago, I went to my first Auburn and Opelika football game because it was a Friday night and. I love high school football, and you need to experience the best rivalries of rivalries. And that's one of them. And it, oh my gosh, insane. Mm -hmm. And very early on in the game, a player on Auburn High School by the name of Callie Chiswick, who is the son of Gene Chiswick at Opelika High School, had a pick six against the Bulldogs and immediately ran over in front of the student section and shushed them. And it was one of the most savage things I've ever seen done on a football field before. And it just amplified the entire Friday Night Lights rivalry of it all. Yeah, And the Chiswick tie and everything. It was absolutely epic. And now Callie's playing college ball at Furman right now. So that was just dope to see that rivalry game. There is
4: no colder feeling than being a high school football player and doing something to the opposing (laughs) students. Whatever it is, like shushing them, just like, you know i just there any, was any I, I, there antagonization. was antagonization yes there <laughs> were yeah antagonizing them in some way i think the best one i've ever seen was i don't know why this just popped into my head but in 2008 i think it was florida state fans got a hold of tim tebow's hotel room number and they just blew up his phone all night <sighs> before uh before before that game and you know he he scored a touchdown to put him ahead for good and he like dialed on a phone and <laughs> You oh, know, did funny. did that to the FSU student <laughs> section. Good. It was it, that was that's one that comes to mind. And obviously now we're talking about college football and, and you, yeah, uh, Stuff so like yeah, that the, the fan the I've, fans
3: interacting with players is yeah. one of the coolest things. That's what I we all need. need. To, I need to go to a uh, Auburn Opelika game September so 30th. Myself, you because, need to experience well, that. Well, yeah, because my parents are alumni of Auburn, right? And so, and I have a bunch of cousins that went to both Auburn and Opelika. Um, so I need to. I need to. Go out I, and go out to a game.
2: Cam, I'm telling you, just from my times of covering, and I'm sure it hasn't changed, I, it, it, the atmosphere at that game is yeah, ridiculous. I it, didn't it believe is it. absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I remember covering a game at Opelika, and uh, the way their stadium is uh, – part of their stadium is kind of built into the side of a hill, and so you still have grassy right. hill areas. There were people all on that. Like, every seat was taken, every single bit of, like, grass hill. There were just people – Everywhere, yeah, uh, and, and I mean, just the intensity of that game—you, you, you have to yeah. experience I mean, it. If it's, it's
3: anything like any of the rival, like the rivalry game between mine and Javon's high school, right? I'm with it. Yeah, <laughs> we can,
4: we can get in because we have media pass. Yeah. I mean, we can watch that game from the end zone, go. <laughs> <Let's, uh-oh. laughs> for the sideline, wherever. Let's uh, do it.
1: It'll be a good one this year, September 30th, Auburn and Opelika. Uh, you'll also be able to watch it because you know these. TV productions have gotten so great for uh, high school football, and that's where we want to shout out our Thunder Chickens head coach, Jared Dillard, uh, because his full-time job is being the TV production teacher didn't even at show Auburn up to High last School, game. walking alongside Bill Bailey, so they're putting out yeah. uh, good things there. And then, of course, we've got our radio broadcasts uh, for Borgard Garden Smith Station as well. A lot of good stuff, basically, uh, is what we've got going on here at the radio station. All right, we've got to take our first time out here on today's program Basically, that segment turned into just support what we do. We love getting to do this each and every day. (laughs) Yeah, uh, listen to the podcast. We have no product if you don't support it. So thank you to whoever is out there listening for doing that. Call in and chat with us, 334-887-3401. And like Brant said, please listen to the Sports Call podcast presented by Coca-Cola. Leave us a five-star rating and review. TJ Finley, the starting quarterback, next on Sports Call.
0: sports call has been on the air since 1995 want more sports call check us out online at sportscallauburn.com
1: here you are listening to auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show jj jackson inside the studio with tom Peavy, brant daughtry and cam berry we hope that you're doing well if you would like to be a part of the program give us your thoughts You're welcome to call in and chat with us, 334-887-3401 or toll-free 1-888-9-TIGER-9 to be a part of Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. A Monday where it's game week, Saturday, 3 o'clock, FM Talk 93.9, the Tiger Tailgate show goes on the air, 6 o'clock, the ball will be kicked into the air, a 6 o'clock kickoff for Auburn football to get their season started. So 3 o'clock airtime uh, and the game starts at 6, Auburn versus Mercer. And when the game starts, I can't tell you right now if Auburn's going to get the football first or not. We probably need to do a coin toss uh, to get the game started like you do every single yeah. game. And that's not going to happen until Saturday. That won't happen until Saturday. We cannot predict. Can't predetermine. We, we can't predetermine that. That's We, the can, way predict it, we can predict it, it's kind it. of like the... But uh, you know. we can't predetermine it. Hey, we have a 50-50 chance to get it right.
4: 50-50 chance. Uh, are you, you taking heads or tails? When
1: Auburn gets the ball first... I'm taking tails.
4: Heads I, w- always. I
1: would go tails often when we would do the coin flip before our Thunder Chicken softball yeah, games. I'm a tails guy. Um, when Auburn gets the ball, whenever that is, T.J. Finley will be the first quarterback that we see for the Auburn Tigers. And earlier today on Sports Call, you can hear it again on the Sports Call podcast, but earlier today, Brian Harson went over that decision-making process and Auburn also uh, put out their two-deep depth chart that they've got to do before game week. Uh, before the start of every single football season tj finley is the starting quarterback for the auburn tigers guys
2: yeah yeah uh tj yeah he's gonna get the start and he is listed on this original uh on this depth chart he is listed at six foot seven 250 pounds so obviously he's a big guy we already knew that but that's his that's where they have him listed right now uh and so yeah time to ride with him yeah Uh, I hope he has improved. Uh, He is going to have to have a lot of improvement from last year. He showed some glimpses of of good last year, but then there was a lot of bad. Uh, Accuracy. He's very incredibly inconsistent. Yes, Yes, incredibly inconsistent. But the other thing where I am so desperately hoping that a season of uh, – off-season of work and through camp and another year of learning what he's supposed to be doing – is that he is able to do the pre-snap reads and then he is able to do the reads during the play. Because one of my knocks on T.J. Finley was how many times he looked like a deer in headlights. As a play was developing out there, he just looked like he didn't have a clue what was happening in front of him and it was just kind of wing it. Yeah. Just kind of do it on the fly. But now he was also thrown into the fire with Bo Nix going down. So you got to understand that even though you still got to understand the offense if you're going to be the backup quarterback. right? However, you're thrown into the fire due to an injury, and so I'm sure things were coming at him 100 miles an hour. I get that. But that's where you got to improve. In this offense, TJ is going to have to be able to come to the line. He's going to have to be able to see where that safety's at. He's going to have to try to be able to diagnose what that safety's going to do, di- diagnose what the ends are going to do, diagnose what the coverages are. He is going to have to be able to do that. And then on the snap, he's going to have to still be able to keep his eyes downfield and read what's going on and not look confused. Because, yeah. that, like I said, that was my big thing last year is he just looked completely lost half the time when a play would develop.
3: And they would just kind of wing it and see what happened. Yeah, quick quick quote quick quote before you say something, Brant, from uh, Justin Ferguson because he pretty much live-tweeted almost the entire press conference. Uh, this was something that T.J. Finley said um, about being named the QB1 this year. Uh, he said, I wasn't mentally prepared to take the job last year, nor physically ready after Bo got injured. I strongly believe that I'm there this year for sure. So that might speak to some volumes that he's, he's sure. you know, now that he is officially QB1, he was thrown into the fire last year a little bit more. Um, so maybe now he's just ready. Maybe he's just more mentally ready. Well, and 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 I hope
2: so, because if you watch good quarterbacks that know their offense inside and out, you can just look at them. You can see their face. You can see their eyes. They, they're not looking at where they're going to go. They they may be looking off of safety. They may be doing that. they You can see the confidence on a, on a quarterback's face when they know what is happening. Right. And when you see one that's eyes are just like all over the place, it's like, oh, my gosh, he, he has no idea. I hope an offseason has changed that because I am rooting for T.J. Finley because I am an Auburn fan. I don't want T.J. Finley to fail. I want Auburn to succeed. I want T.J. Finley to succeed. So, I, I mean, the kid's got – it's 6'7", 250 pounds. The kid's got the size, and we know he's got the athleticism. We know he's got an arm. He's just got to find the
4: consistency.
1: What he's also got is the opportunity. He has been named the starting quarterback for I the said. Auburn Tigers, so he's got the opportunity. Yeah, that was
4: that was another thing that Finley talked about when he talked after Harson, which the media didn't know was coming. Uh, they actually – uh, we're, we're kind of taken aback by that apparently, but yeah, he said, you know, coming in, being named the starter, uh, not having to enter the season as a backup is a massive confidence booster. Uh, and you know, you're, you hope that does make a difference. Uh, Harsin also said, he touched on it specifically. These guys are not the same guys they were last year. They've had an off season. They've gotten one more off season better. Uh, and when you have guys, he talked about Owen Papo specifically, when you have a guy that's been at that level uh for so long it is tough to for them to make that jump because they're already so good. It's tough for them to find things to work on. TJ had a lot to work on last year. I don't I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. But uh I, I think the guy he's I, I said this at the top of the show. They um they went out and they recruited over his head. They brought in two transfer quarterbacks to come in and I think t- take the job from him because they weren't happy with what they had in TJ. And then over the spring and over the fall he kept the job, and Stepped that up. that takes a lot, man. That takes a lot to to do that. I remember when D. Davis transferred after this I think the second day of spring ball. I thought T. J. Finley was not far behind, and you were going to have Calzada, Ashford, Garner or Gerner. We're, we're going to be your three quarterbacks, but T. J. stuck through it, and he's going to be the starter. And man, I I, I really hope I really hope he has a successful season because, like Tom said, I'm an Auburn fan. I'm rooting for Auburn to win games regardless of the situation. I want Auburn to win. So uh, I'm really hoping that TJ Finley has improved as much as Harson says. And um, I I think there was a a completion percentage tracker that leaked at some point. Uh, Apparently Finley's completed about 60% of the passes and in uh, the scrimmages he's been a part of, which is, you know, that's better than he was last year. He's about 50, 53, I think. uh, in his couple of starts uh, as Auburn's starter last year. So that's an improvement. I think if TJ Finley can complete 60% of his passes this year and keep the interceptions down then auburn's got a really good chance
1: let's go to the phone lines 334-887-3401 if you want to be a part of the program call in and say hello to us we've got terry from auburn terry from auburn formerly from talladega joining us on the program right now what's up terry hope you had a great weekend
6: fantastic weekend guys how y'all doing very well, Congrats Congrats the well call. sir uh, tom that was a great point you made about the his eyes and the look on the quarterback's face because defensive backs are taught to to watch the quarterback's eyes and he'll whether he's confident or not, he'll tell you where the play is going. Yeah. And that's that's what he was doing uh, last year. And, and that's what Bo Nix did at times. Because to me, Bo Nix was always looking for Seth Williams no matter what.
4: Well, I think so, Bo Nix was told to throw to I, Seth I Williams was going to say, and, a lot of Bo Nix was
2: like, that was just where the play yeah. was going and, and you're going to throw it there.
4: And if that didn't happen, it's time to panic.
6: You know, I made the joke at A-Day uh, a couple of years ago that, that there was a guy on the stands wearing a Seth Williams jersey and Bo Nix was trying to throw it to him. <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, I just, look. Give him a chance. I don't have a problem with giving him a chance. I just, I just think it's going to result in disaster. Um, I don't. I don't think TJ Finley's improved. I think he's being improved in practice is one thing. Being improved when the lights are on, and their butts in the stands, that's another thing.
4: Absolutely. Okay.
6: So, so we can we can we can discuss that. Right, right now, it's all we have to go on is he's improved, and that that's that's going to be good enough for for me and for everybody else, quite honestly. But. I, uh, you know, I, I think he has to be as you as you pointed out, sixty percent or better, um, because uh, you got you got to do that. Take the heat off Tank Bigsby if you expect him to have a mm-hmm. solid year. They've got to complete some short intermediate passes and at least the deep the the threat of the deep ball. DJ, DJ Finley can throw the ball deep. Completing is another story.
4: Absolutely, no. hey, A lot so, of people. A lot of people can throw the ball forty yards in the air. It's do they know where it's going?
6: Yeah, it's like it's like uh, my grandfather owned a restaurant in Birmingham, Alabama, years ago, and he bragged about that he had a they had a cook that could cook 22 hamburgers at one time, and and somebody would say, yeah, but who ordered them? Yeah. So <laughs> you know that that's that's the point. That who ordered them? So that you can throw the ball 60 yards. If there's nobody there to catch it, it right. anything. It's like when um, I remember, in the, I'm old enough to remember when Nolan Ryan came to Major League. He thought he could just throw it 105 miles an hour, just put high over the plate against there, and he couldn't do it. Nobody can do that. The guys are just too good. They're they're in the, the major leagues for a reason. So, um, you know, nobody ever questioned his size or his arm strength. But what does it say about, about the quarterback position that they did bring those two guys in, Calzada and Ashford, and, and then he still uh, we've come nine nine months and we're back to T.J. Finley.
4: Yeah, I I don't know what it says. It either says that Zach Calzada and Robbie Ashford just aren't good enough to take it over, or that T.J. Finley has improved significantly. And we won't know until you know, probably about halfway through the season.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, you bring in quarterbacks and you want to create a competition anyway. that I think that also kind of sure. pushes the player to be better. Yeah. If he wants to keep his position, then he'll improve, right? But, but you also needed depth because right. I mean, you, 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 you had to right? have some depth, so you got to
2: bring some guys in from the outside because otherwise you would just have Finley and Gurner and that would be it. So you had to get some depth.
6: Well, see, I personally believe if Ashford ever gets on the field, he'll never get his job back. That, that, he's that dynamic, that athletic. And I think he can bring an element to the game that Auburn's got to have. And it's element that might save Brian Harsin's job. The thing that scares me the most about Finley is that Harsin keeps talking about how he gets everybody lined up right, gets everybody in the right play. It, it makes me think he's more in love with what he wants and what he needs, and he's fixing to learn a lesson in that in the SEC. Well,
3: so, I'll, say, I'll say
4: this, Terry. Robbie Ashford has not played a snap of college football yet.
6: Okay, well, I mean, you're right. There's no denying that. But I'd rather have a guy that has has not played something, a guy that's been consistently bad so far, and keep talking about the offseason how he's gotten better. I mean, so we'll see. Hey, hey, I I, I said this this earlier today.
4: I said this earlier today off the show. uh, I'm not interested in, and I'm not saying this to be rude to you. I'm saying this to anybody that'll listen. I'm tired of giving my opinion, I'm tired of hearing opinion, I'm tired of he said, she said. I'm just ready to watch football.
6: Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I, I agree completely. Um, I think next year, we're, this this time next year, we're going to be discussing Robbie Ashford holding Gruner battle. I really do. I really feel that way. I feel that strongly about it. So, and Auburn made a major move by getting rid of Frick on Friday. Get rid of Frack. Let's get us a real football coach. Take care, guys.
1: Thanks, Terry. We appreciate that phone call. Our buddy Terry from Auburn, formerly of Talladega, joining us on the program.
2: So here's my thing with TJ Finley or or Robbie Ashford. It doesn't matter. What, what they need to do is just be better than last year. We don't need T.J. Finley to go out there and start trying to break Auburn records. passing records yeah. and yeah. trying to break NCAA records. <laughs> and do, we don't need that. D- just go out there and don't lose the game. Don't do foolish things that will cost you a game and I turn just need the ball eight over. Wins on the table. Yeah, just. <laughs> Lead, lead the team, be a v- just consistent quarterback. You don't have you don't have to break records. You have two of the best running backs in the entire country standing behind you. Agreed. Let those guys do the thing. Sure, you're going to have to throw the ball because defenses are going to stack the line. But again, you don't have to you don't have to like break records. You have records. to throw
4: enough to keep them honest. Throw enough. That's to all keep, you have to sure, do. Sure,
2: throw enough to keep them honest. Don't have to. Don't feel like you have to go out there and be the star and just. You know, be try the to win a Heisman
4: Trophy. Go out there. Manage yeah. the game. Man, exactly. Just don't lose game, the game. Man,
2: be a game manager. Hey, that worked for Alabama for many, many years it until did. they finally started getting the Tua's. Until they realized, the, like, oh, until they started the get, yeah, Until they started getting the Tua's and the Bryce's. They used to go for years with just quarterbacks. With the A.J. McCarrens really, of the world. Sure. <laughs> they, they would win tons of games without doing any sort of thing. They would just not lose games. That's what T.J. needs to do.
1: Let's go ahead and take our next commercial break here on Sports Call. Moving along on a Monday. This is WTGC, Tiger 95.9 FM.
0: May we have your attention, please? Ladies and gentlemen. Can I please have your attention? We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Hi,
9: my name is Hi, My name is Hi, My name is
0: sports call on Tiger
1: 95.9. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to sports call on Tiger 95.9. And We're back on Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. JJ Jackson inside the studio with Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Kim Berry. We hope that you're doing well on this Monday. 334 887 3401 or toll free at 1 9 Tiger 9 if you would like to be a part of the show. As uh, we do each and every Monday, we're going to get set for best and worst of the weekend. We've still got a nightly TV guide to go. And here we are. We have reached game week for the Auburn Tigers as they will play Mercer a little bit later and uh we saw college football on the tv this past weekend maybe that will be included in best and worst of the weekend enough speculation let's just tell you what it is here it is now time for the best Woo-hoo!
0: and worst no no no
2: of the weekend
1: all right time now for the best and worst of the weekend mr tom peavy what uh, was the worst of the weekend
2: Oh, worst of the weekend. Yeah, I, you know I would say Braves in general, but I'm just going to go to the the Kinley Jensen blown save because that was ugly. A
1: walk off walk is never fun. Well, a no. walk
2: well a walk off walk is never good, but just getting yourself into the position with with other walks and a hit batsman, and, right? I, just I mean, for a guy that is supposed to be your closer, your guy that you went out and you brought in from the from the LA Dodgers. You oh man, you just can't do that. I, I, well, I say you can't do that. I mean, that does happen. Yeah. I mean, some of the greatest have had, but that was ugly. I, I mean, that was just brutally painful to watch. Nobody's Kenley Jensen perfect. trying to get through that. It was ugly. So definitely a worst of the week for me was uh, was that game in particular with Kenley Jensen coming in with a lead and blowing it and and blowing it in the fashion that he did.
4: Yeah, we talked about Kenley Jansen uh, in one of the breaks earlier, like. It's it's not a matter of opinion. The dude is a Hall of Famer. He is True. going to go to the Hall of Fame as a closer. Agreed. Sure. But the the dude has looked ugly at times. But it's weird like he'll look ugly in a couple of saves in a row, he'll blow one or two of them and then he'll be back to cruising. So you yeah. y- you have to hope that whatever the funk is that he's in, he works himself out of
1: Top 10 all-time in Major League Baseball career saves, which is why yeah. you're saying this guy will yeah. be a Hall of he Famer He will be pitcher. a Hall of Famer. He's done it for a really long time. It's his first season not wearing Dodger blue, pitching for the Braves on a $20 million contract. Uh, yeah, he, he, he's got to get the outs. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, he didn't for Atlanta on Saturday. Give me another Worst of the Weekend. What do we got? I'll give you
4: my Worst of the Weekend. I don't know if anybody watched Florida State and Duquesne play football this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely um, not. I'll the picture du- you're looking Duquesne, at. Duquesne, I, I wish that there was a way we could post well we can post this, but I wish that I could show every listener. Duquesne had a football player on their sideline wearing like high waisted football oh, pants. Oh, I
3: did see that on Twitter. He's
4: wearing number fifty. If you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> look up Duquesne, was... <laughs> number fifty. Playing <laughs> he against said he was FSU.
3: Wearing, like, and stuff. Yeah, he's
4: yeah. he's got like Oh my god. The pants are pulled up to right beneath his number. It's in oh. it's an insane look. And wearing just like the gray base nike vapor elite gloves too just an all-time high-waisted man from this dude and he's like (laughs) wearing super small shoulder pads too it's just a weird it's the most dripless look i've ever seen Uh, a college football player have
1: i forgot that i had seen this already this weekend and i didn't believe it was like one of those (laughs) where you can't really believe what you're looking at
4: shout out to the dukes of duquesne university
1: That's bad. That's
4: I mean, an insane that's really decision so to wear that in look. public, much less on national television.
2: He, he literally Very looks crazy. like a kid. They pulled out of their marching band, and he had never put a football <laughs> yeah, uniform like, on in his life. He's like, like-
4: six, seven, 280. He's massive, yeah. oh, but so he's funny. Uh, well, massive for Duquesne. He's six foot seven, so he's he stands out. He's a big guy, but his his waistline is like. Tiny. It's it's where you, where your love handles should be, basically. <laughs> his pants <laughs> it's, it's were up just, above his belly button. I <laughs> yeah, can guarantee it. you. It's now on Twitter yeah, yeah, Salt yeah. AU, quite at Quite the grandpa Salt look.
1: AU, what a look, man! It's that is insane. That is bad.
3: It's very funny.
4: Cam,
1: you got anything for a worst of the weekend? Um.
3: Oh yes, that crash from the the what is it? The, the Coke the Zero Four Hundred from or Daytona. Or, the, yeah, the, yeah, Daytona screwed up my draft order. It screwed uh, up my draft position. Yeah. I was in second before that. I my so what we what I did cuz I'm the commissioner of the league, I put together, like I said, briefly explained, I put the top 8 odds, the top racers with the best odds in a generator with the 8 names that we had that we were drafting. Put it in a random generator. Everybody got matched up. I ended up with I think Denny Hamlin so it didn't matter what position they ended up in it was just the order that they were in that was going to be our draft order um denny hamlin was i think like top 10 before the crash something happened and then obviously the crash happened at the front yep. and uh he didn't race again he, his car was too damaged so he didn't end up racing again so i dropped it, i didn't drop an insane amount i was in second i dropped from second to fourth but I would have liked to have drafted second. Um, so that is my worst of the weekend. That happened yesterday. That upset what, me.
2: What a bizarre looking wreck too. It was like, yeah. a, it was like a banana split. It's just kind of yeah. like,
3: like like the water just kind of just caused the cars just to and
2: boom, everything was chaos. Well, they, but they, it was yeah. weird. They split right down the middle. Yep. Like the guy on the outside, like what, shot up to the outside, right, and the yep. guy on the left what? shot inside. So it was yes. like they literally like split in half, absolutely, and crazy. then just collected everybody up. But it's also crazy the fact that it was raining like
3: right there and nowhere else on the entire truck. It was raining right there. Definition of scattered.
1: (laughs) Best and worst of the weekend here today. Uh, A final worst from over the weekend. I mentioned that uh, volleyball season is here. uh, And there was a major volleyball story that broke over the weekend uh, involving a Duke University volleyball player Uh, at BYU Uh, racially... Attacked by uh, white students, um, and there's just no, no place, for, place that. for that in 2022. I, I did not see that. The volleyball yeah. game had to be moved off campus she was, um, wow. as uh, a couple of African-American student-athletes for Duke mm-hmm. um, were unfortunately racially heckled by BYU students. Mm. Those Mormons. And, um, yeah, I mean... <laughs>
2: <Dang them> Mormons. <laughs> what are y'all doing?
1: It's
4: 2022. Yeah, uh, it's just, uh, I don't know if we should... Play, I, place the blame on all Mormons. No, Certainly, no, those no. ones. <laughs> but,
1: it's just—it's really—it is really sad that <laughs> we're, we're having these conversations. I mean, it—it—you it have to deal Led with that. a lot of sports talk shows today. Yeah. They had a, yeah. a long wow. debate on First Take with Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin and Marcus Spears, uh, kind of talking yeah. about this. That here we yeah. are in 2022, and we'll uh, props, to like that. props to the player for Duke University for uh, being strong and understanding that uh, the game. Still, she wanted it to be played and didn't want to, in her eyes, she didn't want those students to win, is what she yeah, said right. in a statement. Didn't want absolutely. to let them win uh, and to show them that she was not phased by that. But there's just absolutely no place for any of that in sports, none in society. Whatsoever. None whatsoever. So that is for sure a worst of the weekend let's get one more phone call in here before the end of the program 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888-9 Tiger 9 to be on the show joining us now Anthony from Auburn Anthony has called into sports call today hi Anthony
9: hey guys how you guys doing very Pretty
1: well good, thank sir. you
9: sir you know when I call in I want to talk a little Vanderbilt football I had no idea that uh that had happened with that volleyball game at uh,
1: Duke yeah
9: you know uh um, you know, guys, I'm going to tell you something. I know it's 2022, but uh, things don't change. Don't let anybody fool you on that. I've, I've been living uh, 52 years, and I can tell you I have uh, some um, things that have happened in my life where I've been discriminated against or somebody uh, said something that was insensitive and thought it was all right. But let me tell you all something. Uh, you know, we I called in last week, and we talked about Director Green and all that. The very day when they sent that guy there to watch him, that's the same thing, but it's more polished when you do that. Yes, sir. Uh, for, Versus the way those uh, uh kids or whoever uh you know just flat out out of the mouth start using uh, uh, racial insults and everything, but that was a more polished way. And nothing like that's ever gonna stop. I mean, you, you would like for that to be, but it's just not. As long as the world's gonna roll around, you can forget it. It's just not gonna stop. It never will stop. Cause there's more polished ways of doing things. If you go and change the laws or uh, ordinance, how you zone uh, neighborhoods and and you put all the poor people isolated on one side of town and and you uh, change the rent or or build these houses that poor people can't afford and uh, rezone everything for different schools and all that, that's a more polished way of doing things. You keep certain people out of your neighborhood, out of your schools, out of your hair, so you don't have to worry about people uh, causing problems or, or uh, crime or that sort of thing because you got these people isolated or, better yet, pushed out of town at some point as you continue to build, continue to raise prices that are just to the moon, where you have to move out of town. But we're going to get away from that. Now, what I want to do, I want to talk a little Vanderbilt football. Right, you know, the garden.
1: About two uh, minutes left before the end of the show, Anthony. So tell tell us about the Commodores.
9: Well, it was good to see them score those 63 points. I mean, somebody said that's the most points they've scored and since 1940. Uh, In over before? 50
1: years, yep.
9: So, uh but I tell you what I do. We'll call. I'll call you guys back later in the week or, or the first Let's of next do it. week and, and after we play some games, and we'll talk a little bit. And you guys have a nice
1: day. Thanks for the call. That's our buddy Anthony from Auburn joining us on the program, and certainly appreciate his perspective uh, with, with his talking points there. And, oh. and yeah, Vanderbilt played a really good football game sure. on Sunday or yep. on Saturday. Absolutely, felt like Sunday because it was so late <laughs> being played in <laughs> Hawaii. I think I think it, led it probably did Sunday. go into Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. So before
2: we wrap it up, I do have to give a best.
1: Yeah, go for it.
2: There was a worst, but it coincides with the best. So, uh, part of a worst was uh, the Baltimore Ravens mascot playing football against the kids <laughs> and blowing his knee out and having to get carted off the field. So that's bad. In turn, though, the Braves mascot Bloopy. blooper, yeah, <laughs> ra- blooper running running the football with kids blooper trying had to tackle him and, and, of a and, stiff and just destroying little kids as he's running to the end zone. That was one of the best things I've ever seen, and, and I could not stop watching him just absolute annihilate these funny. little kids. Blooper so is him. probably
4: my favorite follow on Twitter. If you it don't
2: is follow It is absolutely follow follow that follow. man. Follow. And, and he follow takes Twitter. people that talk crap at him. and oh, he, he does it all. So yeah, man. He talks trash back, and he's yeah. so good at
3: whoever it. Whoever runs that account
2: it's bro- it is brilliant. It's bro- really good. It's, it's great, done. man. So I had to throw that best out there because if you have not seen the video – Of blooper just destroying kids, and there was (coughs) that was one him running the ball. There's one where he jumped through the line of scrimmage and tackled the kid as soon as he like had the ball and and then got up and like did the Superman and patted himself on the chest. Oh my gosh, uh, dude, he was just he was owning it out there. But man, the one where he was running the football and stiff arming kids that has I think just brilliant
4: that has gone certainly viral. I, I would also like to offer a best, and this one comes with a stat. Anthony kind of stole it from me a little bit. I was going to go Vanderbilt's football, scoring yeah. 63 points in a game. My goodness. Uh, this is courtesy of AnchorOfGold.com, which is affiliated with uh, SB Nation. Uh, the last time Vanderbilt scored 63 points in a football game, Mac Brown, yes, that Mac Brown, wow. was a freshman running back. Wow. So that's
1: how long it's been for Vandy. Sheesh. Congrats to the Commodores. Yeah. Uh, and that Mac Brown went 1-0 and to start his season with North Carolina – Knocking off Florida A&M University. All right, before our show comes to a close, let's give you a TV guide.
0: Our show is about to end. But we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's Nightly TV Guide.
1: All right, we've got a Nightly TV Guide. It's brought to you by our friends over at White Claw Hard Seltzer. What's coming up on television tonight? I will tell you your sports pick for the evening. U.S.
4: Open tennis starts at 6 o'clock and runs all night on ESPN's 1 and 2. So watch the U.S. Open. Big tournament. If you're so inclined. Some game shows for you. Don't forget the lyrics at 7 p.m. on Fox.
1: How do you guys think you would do on that show? it,
4: depends on, it, dip- yeah. yeah. it depends, depends on the, on the genre absolutely depends on the genre i don't I just, think do very i very well i feel like on genre this, and era
1: i have so much respect again don't forget the lyrics tonight at seven on fox if you've never seen it before we play lyrics for you we stop you must finish the lyric Dude, we yep. should totally when you're do that. on this sounds like that. a wacky wednesday does wayne brady host that he used to okay. he doesn't anymore okay uh He's when got you're a lot of stuff on to do. the spot, though, I feel like you would forget the lyrics.
4: It would be stressful.
1: It would be very stressful. Yeah, fun watch. We'll do that sometime. Or you think you, thinking thinking you like
2: remember that. the lyrics and they're completely wrong,
4: and you're like, <laughs> yeah. "Wait a minute! I thought it was that." <laughs> yeah. Right? right. No. Yeah. no.
1: At 9 p.m. on
4: NBC, you've got The Weakest Link for your other uh, game show pick of the evening.
1: Fun I don't show. We yeah, watched The Weakest about. Link.
4: I liked The Weakest Link uh, when I was younger. Um, reality show The Bachelorette on ABC comes on at 7 p.m. Right down J.J.'s alley. Yeah, we're getting yep.
1: towards the end of the season. <laughs> and then the Men Tell All episode. Of, couple of... <laughs> a big one it's insane yeah you're all the insane for knowing that you. Yeah, sorry <laughs> then a couple
4: of movie picks to round it out you've got the greatest showman at 6:25 on xfm great movie you've got kingsman the secret service at 7 p.m on another tnt another great movie air force one on paramount at seven i haven't yeah.
1: seen air force one Ooh, i have not seen
4: a, well i've seen the great greatest movie. showman but really this, that's the only one of these that i have seen greatest showman's a good movie it's it's pretty good hugh jackman hugh yeah. jackman in a Is musical the man one, can sing.
1: who's in air force one that i would know is Will Smith in that movie? No. Uh, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Yeah. I,
2: and can't, then, uh, I can't remember who that was, the main actor uh, that was the president of Air Force One. No it's idea. a great movie, though. This,
4: it doesn't, like, Harrison Air Force Ford One hijacked, right?
1: Is he really?
2: Okay, it is Harrison Ford. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Gary Oldman.
4: Gary Oldman. Okay. At 7 p.m. on A&E, you have White House Down, and that is your Solid. nightly TV guide. White House Downs Brought to you by White Claw, White Claw. Hard White Claw. Seltzer. I'm
3: trying to remember who the sponsor was. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, love, that got brings got to us, us to Hall. the end of the show today. Guys, thanks for being here.
3: Glad to be here. Thank you for having me. That was a good one.
1: We'll see you later in the week. That does it for your Monday edition of Sports Call. Thanks again to Chuck Culpepper for joining us on the program as well. For Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.